What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-hosts who... I'm not even going through the most eat toast, all that roast and bullshit stuff. I'm just going to explain who they are. We've got the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard, buddy. It's good to be here. And our other co-host, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy. Always a pleasure. You survived another week of AEW. Are we ready to do this? <laughs> yes, sir. Rock and roll. Well, you know what, folks? Uh, first of all, before we get started, I'm going to ask each of you, uh, Andy, how was your week, man? Anything special going on down this week? Uh, my usual, uh, whether it's good or bad, it's just plugging along, getting Plug through. So. Sounds good. And how about you, Elio? You do anything special? No, nope. I'm just, uh, just been um, relaxing and slowing down on uh, the, all the wrestling that we've seen after that G1 that we had. Oh, yeah. It's sort of great. You know, we, we, were, we were, what, four or five straight weeks of continuous <laughs> Japanese wrestling. And wow. now we have a break for a month. It's like whoa, <laughs> feel weird, you know. I was I was getting exhausted, but at the end, you're just kind of like, oh. And then you know, you're all pumped up with this great wrestling, and then you turn on this week's Raw, and you're like, what the? Hell? <laughs> yeah, this isn't the show to talk about it, folks. But man, that was absolute crap on crap. Ah, <sighs> but let's let's hopefully we got some better stuff going on this week. I think uh, we did. Yeah, I think we did. I don't think it was very hard to be better than that, but fair, that's fair. <laughs> Let's uh, let's start off with this week's hot topic, guys. The hot topic this week concerns everyone's favorite, especially Elio's favorite female wrestler. I'm sure mistaken. The Big Swole. And the question here was simple. We were wondering, is the Big Swole ready for the main event? Because they've kind of been pushing her in the women's uh, division right now. And she seems like she is ready to be right there at the top. But we've questioned this, some of us. And so... We're going to find out what you, the fans, think. And with us, we're going to find out what we think. And first of all, I want to start off with Elio. Elio, is the Big Swole ready for the main event, in your opinion? Uh, no, I don't think she's ready. I think she needs more work because her matches that we've seen recently have not been the greatest. Mm -hmm. So, okay. yeah, she needs uh, more work. All right. Andy. Is she ready for the big, uh, is she ready for main events? Yes or no? Absolutely not. Uh, so what, what Elio says, like, like her work to me, there's not very much impressive. There's not a lot of impressive things about her. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really find her to be anything special. Uh, watching her matches, I find usually the opponents stand out more than she does. And it almost kind of, uh, the strengths of her opponents, I think, are kind of exposing her weaknesses. So Fair I enough. definitely need some work. Fair enough. You know what? Um, I get why they're trying to push her. Uh, for one thing, she does have a very different look. There is no one else on the entire roster who looks like her. Okay. She has this extreme build. She has some charisma to her. In some ways, she reminds me of an over exuberant, not quite polished Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is the same thing. She's got the very muscular body. She's got the attitude. But she's a lot more polished in her matches, for sure. Big Swole, I can see it. She's big. She she is very built. She does, you know, she has that. She kind of has a good look factor to her. 
But the problem is, I don't think she's ready for to be in these main events. Uh, for one thing, exuberance is great, but when you're too over-exuberant in the ring, you take apart your matches. I mean, Andy, if a guy is not wrestling at the same speed as you at, what happens? The match just sucks because you, you have to either catch up or slow down or it falls apart. And with her matches, I think they've been falling apart. Well, you know what? Um, the, the reason I bring that up is because if we, we have been watching her the last couple of weeks and she's been in there with some tremendously good wrestlers. And what is the biggest comment that we've noticed the most is she, she flashes so fast into her moves, into her setups and everything that she's catching all of her opponents off their feet. And it just looks terrible. She's sitting there waiting for the things. She's throwing a spinning elbow way too quick where she has to stop, freeze herself in slow motion, and then lean in and do it again. And you know what? When it comes to professionalism and wrestling, and I'm sure you guys are going to agree with this, it's a lot better to actually um, to see somebody stumble a little bit, maybe be off a little bit, than to be so choreographed that it throws you off the, the thing. And unfortunately she has this habit of her moves are looking so choreographed, so slow in their movements that you're kind of going, huh, did I miss something here? Now, before uh, we get into the comments, I have to tease Andy right now. Uh, I was actually expecting a different answer from you, Andy, because when you voted on this, you voted yes, she was ready for the main event. I must have hit the wrong button. You hit the wrong button. I was wondering if you did. When I saw that, I was like, I kind of swore we talked differently about her last week. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, and even to what you were just saying, like, yeah. to me, and again, because professional wrestling in, in 2020 is, is so diverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go back to watch a lot of the matches uh, from, say, like the 80s and the 70s kind of back, you know, there's – things might stumble. They might not – they might look – I think a little rougher, uh, less choreographed. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, that's like, you know, and we can talk about say like a match, like involving like the Lucha brothers or some of these other matches where mm-hmm. the, the flow of the match, there's, you know, say, okay, there's, there's, there's a little more choreography there, but the timing to it is so good with her. It's like the choreography timing is off, mm-hmm. but yet the timing of how she does it, it's not in a way that, oh, well, that makes it look more real because the timing was off. It's just like, you're going too fast. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's just off. You're right. I mean, like you said, you brought up a good point. We're not saying that you have to be 100% smooth and flowing. You don't have to be a dance moves like the Young Bucks. You don't, you know, uh, sometimes a little bit raw and a little bit off looks a lot more realistic. Exactly. But when you're so far off, it's almost cartoonish when you're stopping to slow down to sell and it's obvious that you're selling or it's obvious that you're setting up a move for someone to come into and you're so far ahead of it that you're kind of standing there telegraphing the whole thing. It takes it out. I mean, wrestling has enough problems that it is. There's many times we can stop logically and go, well, why would someone ever do that? Okay, that's one thing. But to point out exactly how bad something looks to set it up, you're doing a disservice to everybody. It's like we talk about that fine line with the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, some things we want to believe, some things we're, we know we're a little less likely to believe. But it's as you said, it's it's almost in a sense like don't insult our intelligence. And, and I won't even, like, I'm not even directing that specifically to her. That could be to the company in general or any company that you know that puts out wrestlers where things are so off that it's like you're doing more of a discredit 
to the business mm-hmm. than, than anything. Exactly. Exactly. Now, before we get into the numbers, we're going to have a few comments. I'm going to read the first one from Rick Serrano, the third of, of our show. He weighed in with, she needs to develop some sort of character and needs more ring experience. Her physique can only get her so far. Hmm. I seem to remember Lex Luger being that way at the, when he was there. <laughs> you can only get so far looking fabulous. Um, Elio, what did Tony Gutierrez, uh, sorry, no. Oh, Tony Gutierrez wrote in and what did he put? She's a little bit extra when she doesn't need to be, needs a lot of work. Okay, and uh, Matt Novak said, I agree. Come up to the main event too soon and she will get spit up and thrown out. She has huge, huge potential but she needs to ensure she has the skills to back up the hype when she steps up. And let's face it, that hype crap she's doing coming out is a little bit, a little bit over exuberant. That's definitely territory of like, all right. Uh, read what Josh Sanders right. said, please. Josh Sanders says, yeah, she has a great character and it seems good in the ring. I think she's future championship material. Okay. And the last comment we have on this thing says, Adam Manette says, I honestly don't pay too much attention to her. That being said, she definitely is going to look bad when she when she, when you put her up against battle hardened Joshi's, and that by that she they mean um, female Japanese wrestlers. Um, that is actually a good thing. I mean, that's kind of a measure stick sometimes. Uh, how can how can you battle up match up against uh, Japanese wrestlers? And I'm sure she may tower over them, but uh, let's face it, height and strength when it comes down to a good battle can be negated pretty easy. Um, so looking after after all that's being said and done here, I'm just looking up the uh, the uh, calculating in the old <laughs> computer. We have 60% of the people. Wow, 60% said she is ready for the main event. That include my mistaken vote. That did include your mistaken <laughs> vote. Might have changed it. I don't know how much. Maybe yeah. 59. But that still means there's some people are leaning towards yes, she's ready for the main event. 20% said no, she's not, and 20% said she belongs in AEW Dark meaning she's got the potential, she's not a total write-off, and I'm going to have to say uh, I voted for AEW Dark, too, because I don't think we should throw her away. She's not uh, horrendous, but she definitely has work, and I don't know. I think they are pushing her a little too quick, and we'll see. I'm sure there's a multitude multitude of reasons why, but we'll see that leads us to. And even for me saying, you know, like, is she main event ready to say no? It's, you know, I, I agree with you guys. It's not to say, you know, get rid of her or throw her out but she needs she needs the potentials there but she needs more work well that's another thing that's another thing too we know this andy what happens when you take somebody really quick throw them in the main event and they can't deliver to the people what does that do to your promotion or to your your whole lineup of stuff what's the, well, you've it, had experience with that it, it can it can throw everything off though right because you know if, if it's a casual observer seeing it uh they're they're not you know they're not going to buy in so they'll tune out uh to your more diehard fans they're going to be like like you know again it's people are smart enough for the most part to realize it's like okay something's wrong here this is off and they're going to crap on it and you know they can crap on it and you might be able to turn it into a positive but chances are you know you're going to crap on it and it's going to become a detriment to that individual and could become a detriment to your company well, and another thing too, uh, by putting people in the main events, by putting people onto the top of the card, what it says is the perception to you, the fan, to whoever's watching it, is that this person is at the top of the game. They deserve to be running with the champion or at the top of the pack. And when they're that off and when they're that green and un- unready, 
then what does that say about everyone underneath them? If they're at the top, well, that doesn't yeah. say a lot for all the other wrestlers working their way up. So that can be a detriment definitely to your lineup. So yes, big swole. Get some more work, guys. Get her, get her in there in AEW Dark. Don't ruin it because, you know, she runs that danger. And this has happened many times, too, where a wrestler with great potential, had they given the time to develop their craft, given the time to move up, they eventually would naturally progress into a great role. But look at people, uh, people like uh, Drew McIntyre. They pushed him to the moon. He wasn't ready. He had to go away for years, train his craft, yeah. come back, and then show that he was great. Uh, that's a hard route for a lot of people. And there's a lot of wrestlers who'll tell you they just gave up after that route. So, you know, she definitely does need some work. Now, one of our ongoing things, who's Sean? It's our tag team extravaganza where we pick apart a tag team uh, and we try to determine who is the Sean out of the team. Um, now, I listened to Rick Serrano trying to describe what he thought I meant by what we did. What we did is we just, it's not that we were trying to, we, we tried to take in the fact that what would happen if, in our minds, these guys, as they're portrayed, were to face each other? And also, what would happen, say, at the end of both their careers, we were looking back, who do we think would have had the better career? Who was the guy who blossomed more? And today we look at the tag team of Oni Lorcan and, uh, and uh, oh, I forgot his name. Danny, Danny Birch. Birch. Which is ironic because I'm a bigger fan of Danny Birch. But uh, they are a very strong, interesting prototype uh People would call them carpenters of this day. Uh, the guys who build up guys. They're the strong, tough guys who almost the gatekeepers for a lot of teams. They're, they're not going to quite make it to the championships. But if you want to be a champion, you better learn to beat these guys because they will give you one heck of a, an ass beating. <laughs> Let's face it, when you get in there with them. So but when we look at these guys individually, um, and I'll go with each of you guys first. Who's the Sean of this team? And we're going to start off with Elio. Elio? Danny Birch or uh, Lordy Orkin? To okay, you, who, Danny, Danny, Danny Birch, uh, I haven't seen in, since, until we started watching NXT UK. So I'm going to say only, I'm going to go with only Lorkin because he's got that unique look and that presence in the ring. Okay. Uh, Andy? I don't watch enough NXT, so I might, I mean, I know the names. Yeah. So you want to on this one? I get it. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Elio. Uh, I would have said yes going in. Orny Lorcan seemed to have the better uh, singles career, even though they're both very underrated and not, they, they were getting a bit of a big name across North American independence, but uh, nothing super big. They weren't really main event guys, each of them. Uh, Orny Lorcan was wrestling before as Biff Busick and was known as a, a very hard grappler, uh, sort of like uh, Timmy, Timothy Thatcher. Um, Danny Birch to me was a guy who I didn't know very much about. But as this team progresses, he seems to have a lot more charisma and a lot more presence to him. They both are extremely hard hitters. They're both extremely talented wrestlers. Busick, I will give the, uh, the nod to if you're looking at the guy who could probably take a better beating, a guy who can outlast a little longer. I think, however, though, uh, Danny Birch's um, just his personality, his outgoingness, I think that is going to make the difference. Because in the end, People remember that The Rock was a guy who made you laugh, made you cry. Nobody says, wow, that Rock was a hell of a great wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was a great entertainer. Not exactly sure where his wrestling skills fit in. So uh, I'm going to say with this one, I'm going to go into Danny Birch. And since okay. we're running out of time, um, I'm, there was, I'm just going to pull out one comment randomly. And yep. I'm going to pull out Josh Sanders, who said, uh, 
he's going with Lorcan solely based on the looks in the ring and that he seems better. And that's a fair, fair assessment. So uh, in the end, though, as our votes were tabulated, um, da -da -da -da, into the old tabulator machine. And I am told that the votes are, oh, we did not get votes on this one. <laughs> no, no, I was just about to say, I don't think I saw any uh, results for that one. Yes. I don't know. Actually, the guys are going to give the results on their That's show. That's right. They're yeah. going to give the results. We're just previewing this one. I keep forgetting. I'm yeah. so excited, aren't I? But okay, so then that puts us at, uh, in a way, with our votes going in, that's a split with me and Elio on who's uh, who's the Sean there. And uh, I'm going to curious. We'll, we'll find in Saturday. We'll find out who that was. Now, let's get into our interpromotional uh, debate. Interdimensional. Interdimensional. I tried to get Grogon <laughs> from... Uh, from um, Dimension Z, but he just well, does not want to defend his title anymore. He says he's retired. He's you know what? Screw you, Zorgon. Screw you. Anyways, um, sticking in our dimension, uh, we're going to have the WWE's Braun Strowman going up against uh, AEW's Brian Cage. And I'm going to start with Andy on this one. Andy, who is who's going to win in this battle in the end of career? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Hands down. Uh, he, you know what you can say you know you can say what you want about wwe uh mm -hmm. overall i mean and, and they've got the longevity but for for building characters uh they do a lot more than pretty much anybody i mean they, they, they look at you know when you go back to the the monday night wars uh it was tough to find like legit stars characters that uh wcw built I'm not okay. saying there wasn't any, but I mean, overall, WWE mm -hmm. hands down, right? Yep. Uh, and AEW only being a year in, only having, um, you know, two weeks of TV per week. You don't have that kind of time to to develop you know, many characters. You can only focus on so many people at, at certain times. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Cage coming in for me, again, like not really knowing too much of him beforehand. Nothing, nothing to me really stands out. He's got a great physique. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I won't take that away from him. Uh, he he moves all right for a big guy, but other than that, like nothing really stands out for me to this point. And obviously, not to say that you know he can't further grow, develop, change, but but at this but moment, at, yeah. But at this moment, uh, big muscle guy. Even seeing him on today's episode in the t-shirt and jeans, and 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 to have him talk, like uh, there, there's just nothing. And and Braun Strowman. I mean, you can take him. I mean, from a character as part of the the Wyatt family. I mean, you know, even though that wasn't that wasn't much to me, there was still character. There was still something there. Uh, the character that's kind of developed over time with him. Um, lately, I'm I'm a little confused with the whole Hunter thing. Kind of wearing the I don't know if that's because of Raw Underground that he was wearing the the camo and he's like or the shirt and the the gloves. Like, I think that's yeah. when he that's when it all started. That's yeah, how, yeah. And I'm like, is that like Underground? Is that because I know he likes to shoot and hunt? Or there's nothing really, you know, to that. To me, it doesn't really add anything to Braun Strowman's character or persona. Okay. Maybe that's just him saying, okay, this is what I like to wear and whatever. Like, dude's like, you know, 300 plus pounds. He's big. Like, to me, he's the guy shouldn't have a shirt on. You know, if he, if he went to, like, having, like, his butcher cut top, awesome. But, like, dude, show the body. Like, show, like, the, mm -hmm. what a monster you are. Um, and, and so to, to that extent, you know, right now, I, there might be a little bit of confusion. But overall, like, for... You know the little bit that he's given as champion, and 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 for the times that people have said like, man, like why isn't he a champion yet? Why isn't he a champion yet? He may be a guy that doesn't really need to have the title. 
Uh, and I think that just to me, he comes the presentation with him, even when he's not doing a lot, still comes across better than Brian Cage as a monster among men versus whatever Brian Cage is. To me, that's there's still more there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Elio, who are you going on with this one? Hey, so I I was thinking about this after listening to the the other guys on WPOV. Um, I'm gonna go with the bronze one. I'm I'm not a big fan of either one, but I'm gonna have to pick bronze Roman just because Brian Cage in Impact Wrestling he portrayed like the machine, and then he comes over to AEW. He's uh and he's still the machine. Where Braun Strowman, he went from the white family to this monster among men, and like his character somewhat evolved. And he, yeah, like Andy said, he needs to get rid of uh, the whole like t-shirt and the camel mm-hmm. outfit, which I think uh, he got that from because he does a uh, in he does a uh, like going hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I also want to point out one thing. Andy was wrong about one thing. He doesn't shoot. He actually kills everything with these hands. (laughs) 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 He killed a moose one. You know what? In all of this, I got distracted for one second. Ellie, who did you pick? Ron. Ron. Ron, Okay. Yeah. He was. (laughs) Okay. You know, puppets and. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman uh, just for the simple fact. And. I got to say, Andy, you hit, the head, you hit the nail right on the head here. When I was watching today's AEW, and I'm looking at, um, at Brian Cage, and he, the way he's standing, first of all, uh, he's supposed to be your giant monster of the company. And we know that Taz is like five foot five or five six, yet the yeah. positioning of them, he looks like he's at the same height as Taz. Yeah, that's not, yeah. Um, he's wearing stuff that doesn't make him look particularly that big. Or stand out. Um, and then that atrociously bad interview of his where he said two lines that didn't even come out very clear. Yeah. Um, wow. A lot working against him. Um, I'm not, you know, I remember him from impact days and they really tried to push him and mm-hmm. even coming into the company here, he did the, the big reveal where they threw up. Remember they threw that whole table on him and he was buried under that stuff. And then he yeah. burst out and did yeah. all that junk. And th- for a second, I was like, wow, maybe they're making a real monster out of him. And then the next week, the mystique was gone. And then John Moxley took him apart, you know? And uh, for a minute there, it almost felt like old WWE booking when uh, you were starting to bring in a new character and then you fed them to John Cena. Instead, it was John Moxley. You feed him in and then he just destroys the dude who's only been there for a month. And now you have this big dude who's, yeah. what do you do with him? He's already been killed by the champion, right? Yeah, but again, um, I think it's, I just want to go back to this right yeah. there, but it's just, to me, it's really tough for AEW just because of the fact there's only those two hours of TV, mm. you know, to try and develop. Like, like to me, like if they were going to pick Lance Archer, then, mm. you know, you focus on Lance Archer for a lot longer and you build him up more before you bring in Brian Cage, before you bring in your next monster, whether or not you feed him to, to Cody or to, to Moxley, or you're going to actually do something with him. Mm-hmm. Cool. But, just yeah, like I mean, like as, as you say, it just makes makes me believe more that you know they either need to focus more on a few like on fewer talent and really establish those people, or they need a secondary program, or they need something. And I mean, and I'm not talking AEW dark, like yeah, they need something concrete and legitimate. 
Well, and also talking about that for a while that about to do another show or something. Yeah, they, they have been talking about it and it looks like it might be coming uh, in the new year. That is something they've discussed adding a second program. Uh, I agree with that. And I think also it's a, a sense of writers, uh, people who are just throwing stuff too quickly. AEW, uh, oh, they were so happy. They got a big man. We got Lance Archer. He's a big, legitimate man. We start pushing them and all of a sudden, oh, we got another big man, Brian Cage. Oh, let's push him. Yeah. Oh, wait, we got another big man. Let's put. And then meanwhile, when they go to the next guy, you know, it's it's like the, the the slutty popular guy at school. You know, he finds the pretty girl, he kisses her. She's all the hot thing of the week. But soon he dumps her as soon as he sees the next pretty yeah. girl. And no one remembers that girl. And it just goes on like that. And unfortunately, it's a waste. Of, it's a waste of these talents. I mean, Brian Cage had the potential to be your monster. Lance Archer, my God, we have talked how much about how they dropped the ball with Lance Archer. And now they have this new guy, um, the guy they developed, Hobbs. Hobbs. Now he's going to, you know, so you've got these three big monsters. But you're not, you're splitting up the look at them so much that they're not monsters or focal points anymore. Even yeah. if you just have to pick one of them, pick one of them to yeah. focus everything on. Don't just give half crumbs to everybody. Give one the bulk and the others, they can feed up later. Yeah, you know, or like maybe that's for one of them or both of them. That's where, you know, almost like with, with the Kenny Omega match. Kenny Omega match, this is where you have your enhancement matches. You give them two minutes to squash somebody. Exactly. Yeah, build, exactly. Them, build them that way, make them look impressive. But because, and that's another thing that's uh, AEW is bad for is bringing somebody in. They want, they tell you he's a monster one week, then they put him in there against a wrestler who goes more than 50 50 with him. And you go, oh, and even when he wins, you're kind of like, well, he struggles so much to get through that guy. That's hardly a monster. I guess he's just yeah. another big wrestler. And that goes back to, and we've talked with this on previous episodes, and I brought up with uh, Big Show talking to uh, Braun Strowman and uh, with Sami Zayn, right? It's like, why are you having like a 50-50 match with Sami Zayn? Oh, I want to make him look good. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. No, dude, you're a monster. Tonight is not Sami Zayn's night. No, it's only Sami Zayn's night if he's going to win the, the belt in a couple weeks. Then yeah. he tears through people. But if he's just another guy that you want to make look good, not at the expense of your own mystique, because once your mystique is gone in wrestling, it's gone. It's hard to build back. Yep. It really is. Yeah, it's like trust um, and respect. Yeah. And as for Braun Strowman, I get that there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, he had this great push before. He seemed like this monster ready to win everything. Then it seemed to fall apart for a while. They de-emphasized him. They kind of put he him in the background. Too, I think. Yeah, that was it. And there was lots of talk that uh, Vince McMahon felt that he didn't have the instinct and killer outlook yeah, to yeah. be a top guy. And so he struggled with that. And um, in the end, uh, they're trying to rebuild him, I guess, in some ways. Maybe not to the extent as what he was, but he's definitely a top main event contender. I don't know if Brian Cage is ever going to be, like if he ever came to the WWE, I see him flaming out like, like Tom McGee or something, you know, a guy who got a quick look. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How's that I, for an old? I don't, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I'm hoping not. But I mean, look at Tom McGee for people who don't know, was the guy back in the old WWF days came up from you Stampede. Know. It was pure cut ripped big yeah. man who Vince McMahon loved. And just for whatever reason, he got nowhere in the WWE. He came in. Well, went. but that's because he worked with Brett and Brett made him look like a million bucks. And then after that, it's like, oh, wait, oh, he's you know, 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's funny because, I mean, you talk about that with Luger, but I mean, like yeah. part of Luger's thing too, you know, because he had a good run with Flair. Yeah. And so, of course, Flair is going to make him look like a million bucks. So. Exactly. So, um, 
I really hope I, from all I understand is Brian Cage is a pretty decent guy and uh, he's a hard worker. I got to give him, he's got a great physique. Show your damn physique. Um, uh, as for Braun wearing whatever goofy crap, I think he's established himself enough that unless he's wearing tutus or uh, slave gear, I'm pretty sure he can pretty much get over whatever weird crap that he feels like wearing that week. So definitely I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with Braun Strowman just like you guys. It's, it's straight up all around. Uh, let's read up some of these comments we got here. Um, okay. Clay Cummings says, this is a good matchup. Both are strong, not the greatest of wrestlers. Neither cut the best promos, but I would have to go with Braun on this one. Brian really hasn't shown that much to me other than that he's strong. Braun has been both babyface, heel, not great, but better than Cage. And, and Braun has never had a manager, so he can hold his own. And that's another thing. Uh, I mean, we saw today how poor Brian uh, Cage was on, uh, and we'll get to it, we'll talk about it today. But he really, to me, really exposed how weak of a, a non-faceted wrestler he is. He needed, he definitely is a guy who needs a mouthpiece, you know? Yeah. And that, that was so painfully clear today. Um, let's see. Uh, Joel DeMont says, uh, Cage has more wrestling experience, so got to go with him. All right. And Andre Como said Brian Cage. So I well, got a few people there. Elio, uh, tell us All what right. hey, Rick Serrano said. <laughs> okay. Rick Serrano says, Cage is an actual wrestler. Braun is a bodybuilder who plays a wrestler on TV. Braun runs around the ring like a train and says, get these hands. Cage is built like a machine. Yeah, I said that, and can actually move around the ring without getting winded. There is that aspect too. Is... Wait, I'm sorry. Did he say Braun is a bodybuilder who's <laughs> who plays a wrestler on TV? Yes, Andy, would you please weigh yeah. in on this one? <laughs> does Does Rick Serrano know what a bodybuilder is and does? <laughs> please go. Has on. Rick Serrano ever been to the gym, or does oh. he just know somebody named Jim? Brian Cage looks more like a bodybuilder than Braun Strowman does. If anything, Braun Strowman is like like a power lifter, a power builder, strongman type stuff. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny, but to say that Brian Cage like runs around and doesn't get blown up, or not as much as Braun Strowman, like I don't know, maybe he's watching a different AEW than we are. Maybe, but you know, it just popped in my head as you're saying that, and and, and if you're not from Stampede, you ain't gonna get this at all. But it's sort of like comparing Bill Kazmaier and Tom McGee. Yeah. There's different guys right there. And Kazmaier, he had the better career by a long shot. Yeah. yeah. I know both names. And he was a more successful in his, uh, with, with the, you know, the strongest. Yeah, because yeah. he was like one of the world's strongest men or something at one point. Yeah, and he was also built like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh Sanders says, Braun Strowman, his negatives, I don't blame him for that. I blame him for the WWE writers. And that's that I can believe. Braun is powerful and fast and stronger. Uh, Brad Sanders, who must be related to him, <laughs> said exactly with a bunch of thumbs up right after that. Um, oh, Todd Silver said, you better get these hands. Okay. I'm not sure what that we're talking about. No, I, <laughs> okay. That's pretty witty. That, that, is, that is some good stuff. All right, uh, let's go into uh, the machine, figure out what our challenges, our tallies say. 72% pick Braun Strowman, 28% pick uh, Brian Cage. Wow. 110% uh, think Rick Serrano III does not know <laughs> the bodybuilder is. I, I'm going to say I think Rick Serrano somehow like 
voted two or three times there or something to sway that vote even to be that much. <laughs> okay. You know what? He's going to put you back in the book. He, he took you out last week. Yeah, but what's he going to put him in for? Talking truth? Yeah. <laughs> Hurting his feelings? You hurt his feelings? He's American, man. He's going to take that hard. Well, he's American. He's probably going to sue me. <laughs> that is true. Well, half, we're all poor, so good luck with that, Rick. Yeah, good luck. luck. Let's see, zero half percent zero. 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 <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. That is our look at uh, this at uh, the hot topic, the uh, interdimensional, and also looking at who Sean. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we're going to delve into this week's AEW Dynamite, and I'm going to give you a quick spoiler. Boy, it was 100 times better than the so-called anniversary show for last week. All right. So, uh, Elio, please tell everyone if they want to write in and uh, get a hold of any of us, leave comments, suggestions uh, for this show or even for quarantine. You have topics okay. you think you might want us to cover, guests you might want us to talk about. Where do you write into? So on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV 1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV Excellent. And fans, we are one of many shows on the Wrestling POV Network. Uh, there is us here, the global show. Every week we talk AEW and we talk about a bunch of other crap because, you know, that's the guy in crap talkers we are. We talk about some wrestling stuff uh, covering other, other companies. Uh, we also have some other shows too. Like I said, check us out on WPOV Quarantine where you see the three of us do a Zoom-based show, a discussion where we bring on some guest wrestlers we have a topic and we talk about some really cool stuff and it's quickly becoming one of my favorite times of the week to sit back with a bunch of wrestling guys and talk some really good wrestling without nonsense. You know, we get to the hardest stuff. We get to the matter. We all have our point of view. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't, but you know what? We all come up with a lot of respect and a lot more wrestling knowledge from all of us. But they're a lot of fun. They're a lot, they're of, a lot fun. of fun. And don't forget the wrestling POV show. Those guys over uh, our American friends, Rick Serrano III, Tony Diaz, they cover everything in the WWE, including uh, NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. And after watching Raw, they need to be saints, those two. Like, holy crap, that's three hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously, one thing they don't cover is bodybuilding. And with that, I'm talking about Rick Serrano. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can find all of these shows, plus our new Aftermath show, which we usually do after every major uh, New Japan show, after every uh, AEW pay-per-view, and after every WWE pay-per-view and NXT pay-per-view, we'll have a show where some of us, who knows what iteration of the five of us, will come on and break down that show after watching it and tell you what we thought of it. That's Aftermath. And so... Where can you find us? Well, if you're listening to whatever network you're on, maybe it's uh, Facebook. Maybe you heard us through YouTube. Maybe you heard us from TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean. And, and Podbean. Uh, those are all the places you can find it. So, folks, uh, check us out. We have a lot more stuff we plan on the future. We're going to give you some great wrestling stuff. And you know what? You join in the fun ride, you're probably going to even get some cool stuff that isn't wrestling-related from us. And uh we look forward to hearing lots of what's to come in the future. So, folks, we get back. We're going to talk an AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! Hey, fans, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about AEW Dynamite. But before we do, let me tell you a bit about our T-shirts. We have T-shirts available. They are some great uh, stuff. You can find them at www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV Wrestling. Four different designs, each at $19.95. They look great. Uh, three of them 
our wrestling POV. One of them is us, the global ones. We don't quite have Andy on the shirt yet, but that'll be the next one coming probably, right? So uh, you can buy these things. They're $19.95 each. All the money that's that we make off these shirts go into the production of these shows. And we have a lot of great shows coming and lots of great content. And unfortunately, it's not free. So if you want to support your favorite uh, podcast and get some cool swag, buy one, two, three, four. Buy that global one. You know you know who you are. And, Christmas uh, is coming up. That is right. Four of those would be an awesome gift to your boss. Anyhow, <laughs> guys, let's get into some uh, AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! Uh, first of all, was it a better show Lately, they have been kind of averaging with NXT or just a little bit below. And as they've seen in our votes, there have been a lot of weaknesses. Last week was definitely a show that I felt wasn't even close to what NXT was. But I'm going to say right now to myself, I thought this was a solid show. It started petering out near the end. But that first half was really exciting and I enjoyed it. It's like what do you it's, think, it's it's Andy? Like, Sorry? So, no, it's like what I told you offline. Uh, why couldn't we have had this yeah. show last week? Yeah, this should have been the anniversary show. It would have been much more exciting. Yeah. Andy, better show than uh, you've seen for a while, or is this uh, still par for course? No, overall, overall, uh, I'll agree with you guys in the sense that it was a better show than last week. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I, I, you know, I enjoyed last week's show, and I know you guys were focusing a little more on saying, "Well, this wasn't really the feeling of an anniversary show or anything special." I, yeah, to me, this didn't. As much as I enjoyed this show, and I enjoyed it more mm-hmm. than last week's show. I for kind of like the thought or the feel of what I would expect for an anniversary show or like a special show. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that either. This was just a mm-hmm. good solid wrestling show. Yeah, uh, I think you know. And there was if, oh, sorry, there, I just want to say there was, like for me a lot of times because just with the timing of things, uh, I usually mm-hmm. watch on PVR, so I usually start a bit late. Yeah. Uh, more often than not, uh, for the few times here in Canada that we do get the picture and picture during commercial breaks. Oh. I usually fast forward right through, but mm-hmm. there was actually a couple times today where I actually Something happened. Yeah. yeah that I, I watched right through. So um, yeah, while I, I still wouldn't put that up there saying this was an anniversary show level. Oh, I wouldn't say that either. Yeah. But okay. It was a whole lot but, yeah, better. But, but it was, but yeah, definitely, definitely an overall better show than last week for sure. And let's face it, it was a slightly bit imbalanced. If it had been as hot the first hour as the second, if the second hour had been as hot as the first hour, we probably could have said it was a high special show. Yep. Because the first hour was actually pretty darn solid. Yep. All right. Let's take a look. It, today we're starting off, it's this tournament coming up. Once again, don't even get me started why there <laughs> is a tournament to determine it, the number one contender when there's effing ratings. Is it just me? Or does there seem to be a lot of tournaments lately going on? Yeah. I don't understand it. This company is very hard on telling us constantly what everyone's record is. So what's the point of records? Just so you can say my record is this, because obviously it doesn't get you a title shot. I, I'm confused. Why are these, you know? Yeah. It's, it's part of the logic that makes my head hurt. So I'm going to try not to think about it. There might be too many cooks in the kitchen there. I, there definitely is. There definitely is. So we're going to start off with uh, this uh, tournament. Uh, one of the opening round matches. And I got to say, I thought this had a good potential going in, and I really felt this match really more than delivered for me. And that was uh, Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. And uh, in this match, Wardlow does get the win and moves on uh, to the next round. Um, I'm going to start off with some of the notes I had. Mr. Mayhem? I don't remember them ever calling him Mr. Mayhem, yet they called him that as he was coming down. There was a graphic of 
Wardlow, Mr. Mayhem. I recall that a few times when, I don't, when he was with MJF. I really don't, though. Did it was it like an offset thing? Like it was not like he was. That's Mr. Mayhem. What they're doing? No, tonight. like they didn't. They didn't like actually announce it like the way yeah. they did it tonight. But I remember like just in passing, they referred to him as Mr. Mayhem. Okay. Okay. Um, I felt that uh, they really showcased his power here. Man, he was like those those uh, power stand like the standing release suplex where he just like yeah. picks the guy and hucks him. I was like that's a lot of strength. Um, he looked more and more as the match went on. He really, like, it seems like he's been portrayed as a guy who hasn't been around and doesn't really know a lot, and, and MJF's controlling him. But, man, he looked like a guy who's had some training and wrestling matches under him because he put on a hell of a performance tonight. Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy was super fast. He did some really cool stuff. Uh, I like that little bounce he does from the, the second rope. You know, he went from the second rope in the turnbuckle up to the top and then into a missile dropkick yep. backwards. That's kind of a cool thing. A lot of timing in that. Uh, he looked good, but in the end, uh, Warlow destroyed him, but in, not in the sense that made Jungle Boy look bad. He just physically destroyed him tonight. It was Wardlow's night. Wardlow looked like the shining star. Yep. Andy, what did you see out of this match that you liked? I pretty much uh, a lot of what you just said, I'll agree with. Uh, it was Wardlow's night. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid opening match for the show. Uh, they worked well together. It was, I, I think, especially beneficial, you know, kind of talking about Wardlow, uh, kind of, you know, having them showcase the power and the size. Having someone, you know, the size of Jungle Boy really helps. Uh, you know, just as we talked about, like, with Brian Cage next to Taz, this kind of really helped make uh, Wardlow look big, look strong, look like more of a monster. Um, yeah, I like both of them. Uh, what else did I have here? For me, the, the, aside from the wrestling and, you know, cause you talked about the Mr. Mayhem, like, and maybe this will come in time, but Wardlow, I mean, there's, it's like, who is he? What is he? You know, he's mm -hmm. a big guy, you know, is he a bodyguard? Is he Mr. Mayhem? Is there, so hopefully I, I'm hopeful for him that, uh, there'll be something for him. Uh, I, you know, we, we kind of talk about the Brian, the, you know, the stuff with Brian Cage. I enjoy watching Wardlow more than I enjoy watching Brian Cage. Ooh, I'm gonna have and, to say so too. Yeah, and 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 to me, it's, and one of the things with Wardlow too that, I, that throughout the match that I that I was picking up on too, uh, just a better use of facial expressions mm -hmm. than, than Brian Cage. Like like both of them are good, um, you know. And I'd like to see a bit more development from Jungle Boy. I mean, I get he's Jungle Boy, and you know, mm -hmm. small guy, whatever. I'm, I'm not sure I'm trying to think of like what it is that he, you know, that I would like to see more of from him, but there's, there's still a little, little more that I think he needs. Uh, same thing with Wardlow, but like I said, like to me, he's kind of been around and, and he was the bodyguard. And so now it's kind of like, you know, are they just going to have him out there? Like, cause mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know, but I, I, right now I find if I had to pick between Brian Cage and Wardlow as to kind of like who I would work with and try and develop more and push more, mm -hmm. I would go with Wardlow. Okay. Um, you know, you brought up some good things here that made me think is uh, too, is like Jungle Boy. Yes, he's got so much potential. And he looks really good. But I think the name is one thing. I mean, what is he when he's 35? He's still Jungle Boy? Does he become Jungle hey, Man? Kid Rock is become... still Kid Rock. Yeah, but Kid, <laughs> kid, kid Rock's a joke. Do you want to? <laughs> Do you uh, want... <laughs> I would disagree with that. Hey, I'm sure white trash trailer people everywhere disagree with that. 
Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. <laughs> I know you'll get out of your trailer and hurt me. I'm sorry. Let's get on. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, think of it this way. It's a good, uh, like Jungle Boy. It bothers me in the sense is in wrestling, that's always sort of a second tier name. Those kind of things. You know, you don't, there's no world champion Jungle Boy in this day and age. There's no, that presentation where you finally get to the top is because you're a full fleshed out human character. It's, you don't see it anymore. You don't give it to the, to the characters. You know what I mean? So but do you think he's ever going to be a world champion? I think he could have the potential to be very close to the top, but he'll ne- I think he, I think the name alone will guarantee you that he will never be a world champion. Jungle boy. It just doesn't, it doesn't work in this day and age. Right. As we, as, as, as things progress um, with Wardlow, I was very impressed, super impressed. But the things I found weird is one, he doesn't wrestle a lot. So how did he get into this tournament? Like his, obviously his win loss record can't be that great, but also why is he there? I could think of 10 other wrestlers who are in the top of this show and I'm not putting him down on his performance, but why was he in there? Why did he get to be one of the guys who goes for the world title shot? I, I, that was confusing for a guy who we don't see wrestle very much. Why was he there? Um, Elio, you got anything to say about this match? Uh, well, you guys pretty much said it all. Uh, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed Wardlow. I enjoy watching him wrestle a lot more than Brian Cage. And I wasn't even the biggest Wardlow fan. Yeah. Like when he first showed up as MJF's bodyguard. Well, it sounds like we're really dumping on poor Brian Cage, but <laughs> let's face it, he has not been portrayed as anywhere. The, Wardlow looked like a credible wrestler tonight, a credible giant scary wrestler, when Brian Cage has had at least 10 times the amount of matches on yeah. AEW and has failed to even let us get close to seeing him like that. And that uh, website that I brought up on on one of the early episodes of Global, the wrestlingdata.com one. Yeah. I just checked with that and has that listed as his nickname, Mr. Mayhem. Okay. Yeah. But even still, like, what's Mr. Mayhem? Who's Mr. Yeah. Mayhem? Yeah, that's just it, though. Yeah, I, I could be Mr. Yeah. Hot Dog. What does that even mean? It means you're a wiener. A weenie. The best friends oh, and I are pals. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, weenie. <laughs> All right. Um, next, they cut to that K. They said this is what happened after last week's episode, because last week's episode ended really quick. Uh, they, they said, this is what happened with Eddie Kingston. And they showed him doing this promo, okay? And I got to tell you guys, they saved it later. But at this moment, when I saw this promo, I thought, oh, God, Eddie Kingston, this looks like a whiny bitch that has a <laughs> bunch of guys, helped him jump somebody, and yeah. now he's turned into chicken shit heel. And that isn't what I want to see. Did yeah. you guys get that whiny impression, or did you think it made him look dangerous? Andy? No, it was it was a little more on the whi- whinier side. I, I don't want to say mm-hmm. full out whiny whiny but mm-hmm. yeah it just it's kind of like oh you know it's kind of like you said i mean they saved it later so it's kind of like oh no really yeah what you're doing you know and then i kind of i honestly i kind of phased out of it a bit and then you know as we get to the moxie interview i well, you know, i can i'll speak to that yeah. but uh yeah thankfully they saved it yeah later on uh, what did you think Ellie? yeah did and and, think and, and again mm-hmm. they were taking these two guys at the kingston and uh, john moxley with saying that with their backstory saying they they knew each other years ago and stuff, but mm-hmm. until we actually see like actual footage, you know. Yeah. Still, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, still trying to create more AEW history. Yeah. And, yeah. Hopefully, and hopefully that's what they're. That's. I mean, you know, it takes time to build history, but hopefully that's what they're doing right now. 
and it's hard to bring like footage and stuff from outside of your yeah. your company you know um then we went into uh which sounded started to make it better you got to admit the mox promo i'll let you talk about the john moxley promo andy what did you see on that okay i will first off because this has been an ongoing issue with me over mm-hmm. i don't know how many episodes now of john moxley. <laughs> no not just on moxley oh. aew production yes i know where you're going with that yeah I and I think it's ever since it's kind of they like went into Daily Center, but for all these promo, almost all these promos and vignettes and everything else they do, and the audio because it sounds like they've got you know the audio for people to watch it at Daily's place there where they are live, and then they're trying to do the TV feed, and we're getting that echo, and yeah. it drives me nuts. I find it very bush league. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I know this has been several weeks going on now. Like it's not just oh this it's a one off. I. And again, I'm not a tech- technical guy, so I don't know, but they have to have enough money. They have to have enough smarts there. That shouldn't be happening. And I know, I think I made a note at some point later on in the show, I think at one point they, they kind of got it. Mm-hmm. It's like they fixed it, but for several of you know several of the promos, including this one, mm-hmm. and, and, and to me, it's a nuisance and it's a distraction yeah. and it takes away. It, it's, you know, with the vignettes, I mean, it's bad, but I mean, with the vignettes, there's, there's more going on. But when you have a promo with like one individual or one team talking and trying to communicate their message and you're getting that annoying, distracting echo in the background, mm-hmm. it just takes it away. And and I'm sorry, I just, to me, that's just Bush League. Yeah. You know, like I, I mean, said, if, if WWE, if that happened with WWE, you know, that gets fixed quick. Yeah. That would never get aired. It would have never well, made it past. The I mean, thing, yeah, you know? but I mean, if it's live, you know, it, it happens. But they get it fixed and they acknowledge it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like story fans. We had, you know, the technical yeah. difficulties, whatever. Yeah, they would have just clicked off on. to something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and yet here it's like, uh, just drives me out. Anyways, the Moxie mm-hmm. promo itself, uh, I'm kind of hit and miss with this promos because I mean, I'm not the biggest Moxie yeah. guy. I like this promo. It was mm-hmm. good. It was short. It was sweet. There wasn't a lot of rambling, and mm-hmm. you know, the response kind of to it. You know, that was kind of like the process of helping save the Eddie Kingston stuff from, from yeah. right before. So that it was it was good. I liked it. And it's funny you said that because we had been talking so much about the pr- production values. It, you know, that the first 20, 30 seconds of Moxie's interview, I actually thought that the weird sound in the background was an effect they were trying to do. And then I realized it was an echo. And I'm like, oh, whoa, no. But at first I thought they were trying to do a noise like he was somewhere and that was part of the setup. Yeah. But after about 20 seconds, 30 seconds, I realized, oh, no, no, that's I'm just hearing a bad echo yeah production. and then it almost took me out which is too bad because this is one of i thought this one was john moxley's better promos he doesn't always have very good promos yeah this one was concise to the point uh you got the idea and i love the one thing he pointed out something that was the flip side of a kingston kingston keeps talking about i never tapped out i never tapped out well moxley's like oh no you wouldn't have now you're too busy choking on your snot and your saliva yeah, as you were passed the, out snot bubbles and stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and that was awesome because yes. that brings back the heelness of Kingston. Yep. And it gives you the legitimacy of the tough guy of Moxley. So I did enjoy that. Um, let's move next now to Kenny Omega. Okay. Now this wasn't much of a match. This was <laughs> super quick. But boy, did this was ever a right step in repackaging Kenny Omega to what people thought he was going to be to what he's been for the last year. Because when he came out, first of all, the whole, I, I almost started laughing if you listen to some of the stuff in the entrance, did you did you guys pay attention to the things they were saying? 
he was the number one voted wrestler. Oh, they say something. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he, he wrestled once in North Carolina. <laughs> like, that was part of it. And he knows thing. more Japanese than he helps Michael Nagasaki or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because I was watching with my wife and she just had the glass and she, she heard him say, did he just say he wrestled once in North Carolina? <laughs> like that was the end thing he said. So that was kind of funny. But then he the, these uh, cheerleaders come out with, with brooms. And you know it's because he's the sweeper from New Japan. And at first I'm rolling my eyes. But then so the I realized the cleaner. Oh, the cleaner. Yeah, he's the cleaner. Yeah. Sorry. And so they're coming out and he's got the they got the brooms. And at first it's starting to lose me now. I'm starting to go, okay, this is Kenny Mega doing his weird ass booking bullshit, right? <laughs> but then the effects and then him coming out was like it almost it turned it around. For what yep. he walked in, it was like, fuck, that guy's a star. Yep. You know, finally I'm seeing the Kenny Omega, not this idiot with the goofy clothes and the yeah. dumb shit. He walked out and was like, that dude's a fucking star and Sonny Kiss has no chance whatsoever here. And uh, and he didn't. I mean, his V-trigger tonight was just as impressive as it always looked in New Japan. He took that dude down with him. It really honestly looked like he'd need him straight in the face and knock that guy straight out. And uh, quick thing to show some dominance, that feel. And, and this, is, this is the rehabilitation we're waiting for now. I think yeah. that Kenny's finally gonna start doing the things. Now, just to show, point out, Joey Janela was supposed to be the original uh, right. mm -hmm. opponent here. Yep. He was pulled because uh, he had come direct contact with some uh, people who had tested positive uh, for COVID during some uh, indie thing last weekend where a bunch of wrestlers got yeah. tested positive. So, And lots of AEW and Impact people were on this. So hopefully it didn't go too far into it. But Janela pulled... Uh, when I saw Sonny Kiss, I was just rolling my eyes because I'm like, once again, how did Sonny Kiss get a shot? How did Janela get a shot? Like, you get a shot. You get, you a, get shot. a shot. You get a shot. You get a shot. Well, it seems like half of them were like, you get your ass kicked by Omega. You get your ass kicked by so and so. You get your ass kicked by so and so. But uh, quick match. Uh, did, did for you, Andy? Do you agree when I said that it made Omega kind of finally look like a star for a change? Overall, I yeah. Uh... I laugh because to me it was like, you know, it's one of those things where the end, it's like some of the UFC stuff sometimes it's like the entrance was longer than the match. Yes, it was. It yes. was longer. I said that to my wife too. The, uh, I agree and kind of like the rehabilitation or however you want to describe mm -hmm. it. Uh, and to me, that's the type of thing you need to do with like a Brian Cage or a Lance mm -hmm. Archer or a Wardlow. Mm -hmm. so something, you know, something similar to that. Um, the only thing for me and, and it, whether it was a, you know, a Japanese thing or not, you know, sometimes things don't always translate well in from Japan over to North America. Uh, out of that whole entrance, you know, as much as I love the tongue-in-cheek stuff of the introductions, I thought the girls and the dancing, that was just lame. I would get rid of them. And that's that's where they, they as you were saying, and maybe that's what you meant, but, you know, the, the, entrance, you know, the entrance began and the girls came out and they're doing this. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, yep. this, exactly. is, this is like, and I even wrote, this is lame. Yeah, that yeah. was my thing and, too. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? I keep everything else. And to me, that's not even, you know, if they're doing that for a, a heel thing, for heat, like to me, that's not even like a heat thing. That's just, no, mm -hmm. that's just, no, go away. Silly. Yeah, stick, it's just silly. Do, do the entrance, do the, you know, all that kind of shtick. But to me, the the girls yep. part, nah. but everything else, everything else you said, uh, you know, that was Kenny Omega, the star that we needed to see. All right, Elio. Yeah, this is a Kenny Omega that we've been waiting to see this whole time True. because I enjoyed True. that. I enjoyed that entrance. I didn't have a problem with the match, uh, like uh, as quick as it was. So yeah, I was fine yeah. with everything here. 
Now, ne next, sorry. So I was going to say one other thing, just to, to that, and, and maybe this is something that they're you know that they planted the seed for. But were you kind of waiting to see after the match? You know, he helps Sunny kiss up. He's doing. If he was going to hit him. If he was going to, yeah. I was yeah, actually. He, he was got towards the ropes because he was kind of like leaving as yeah. he was leaving the ring. It was still kind of facing right? like he didn't turn his back away. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay, well, is he going to pop him or is he not? So that to me, I think I like that little tease there. Yeah, and I expected he was going to pop him. <laughs> and I'm glad he didn't yep. it, it, it add to the mystique. Now, one thing that's, uh, I, I, you know, we've talked with Tony Diaz about this. He's brought this up. And, and today when I saw this, part of me kind of totally saw what he was saying here. And it was something I never really thought before. And he says, have you ever noticed how Cody Rhodes shoots and everything he does makes him look like he's better than everybody else? His production values, his entrance, his everything Cody does is always better than even the world champion. And then that really came out on this interview he did uh, coming out, the production value, uh, even the sound, which they was off for a second and they fixed super quick. Um, everything about Cody's made him look like he was the actual star of this entire show more so than the world champion. And I got why people think like, well, Cody's trying to make it his own show. Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, anything you want to say about this, guys? Any About this interview? I, well, Ella, do you want to go first? Because I know I've kind of gone first the last couple of times here. So uh, first, or... no, I, I really, have, uh, I really okay. have nothing to say about okay. the, um, I actually want to take one step back before you address mm -hmm. that because we, yeah. there was also the Orange Cassidy promo. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. And, but that, but that's exactly it. Was, it. Yeah, that, it was so that, forgettable. Sorry. Yeah, to, to me, again, the, there was the audio issues. So I was mm -hmm. like, the first thing was there. And it was, to me, like, that was just a waste. So, like, anything that, and again, not a big Orange Cassidy guy. And I've kind of, you know, we've mm -hmm. disagreed, d debated kind of like on the, the rub and the elevation yeah. stuff. To me, that was, that was a downer. Like, I, I, I don't see, and, and I guess, you know, if you're, if you're full into Orange Cassidy, maybe that was cool and funny, mm -hmm. but to me, again, like for someone that went 20 minutes, you know, if they would have gone, like I said, if they would have gone 20 minutes, one second, he would have been the, mm -hmm. the, the new champ, but for him not to give, you know, two craps about kind of what happened. Uh, or you know, two crafts or what's coming up to win the title, like and the, and the guy you get the Latinx week's location wrong, and uh, Tony Schwani corrected him. He's like, whatever. There's a reason whatever. for that. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna touch on that. So go ahead. Okay. Mm -hmm. there's a reason, yeah, but just to me, like mm -hmm. that nonchalance that with the the I don't care. Mm -hmm. To me, that goes back to like, look, like if you don't care, why should I care? Right. And and now I just I yeah. Well, Elio here just uh, illustrated uh, a point that made this a failure of a, of a thing. Elio said, well, look how he said blah, 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 blah. But the, see, the thing is, that was supposed to be a joke. However, right. it was a joke that was so obscure that most people didn't get it. I had to look it up to figure out what the hell he was talking about. And it was a joke referring to what Bill Belichick said once as, in, as a, an ongoing football joke. So if you didn't know that, and, and their target audience, I don't think, would get this joke. Yeah. It was just a flat joke that somebody thought would be funny for him to say. And it just was lost on yeah, all of it, us. It, it's almost like with some of this stuff, and, you know, we talk often about the writers and the writing mm -hmm. and how it's more the boys and the input. Yeah. It, it's almost like that kind of indie thing where you're trying to pop the boys in the back more than you're trying yeah. to get the audience to react. Right. I mean, an inside joke's funny, but not when you're doing it on a national program and making people try and gravitate to it. Probably a bad time to do inside jokes that they're never going to get. 
Yeah. And I, again, like I said, like for someone and I get, you know, the, the blah of the, the gimmick, which again, I'm not really a fan of, but for, you know, we talk about like hooks for watching next week. Like dude doesn't even care that he's going for the title. Yeah. Like, but yeah, anyways, I'm oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay. So what did you, how would you get out of this? Like, uh, the Cody interview. Okay. So the Cody, yeah. Okay. So the Cody thing, um, Again, audio brutal. Yeah, right in the beginning, and that was and, and that was kind of yeah. And I think that was what you said. That was one of the got where it got fixed. And I hadn't really. I mean, I think it was kind of there in my head. But as you were as you were saying it, like, yeah, like for someone, and, and maybe that's maybe this is like a long term build for a heelish Cody Rose character, where you know, in in the end, it's kind of like the the boss or those in power. Those are kind of end up being the heels because mm-hmm. he's kind of playing that McMahon. Triple H role where it's like you said he's everything looks better everything's you know the, even when the limousine first pulled up and they're like and I remember the reaction like the, the limousine first pulled up and like oh there's Cody I was like really <laughs> yeah. Cody's coming in the limo like he's the man <laughs> I, I guess I mean you know like if, if you had Tony Khan making a rear appearance yeah. and he was coming in the limo okay that makes sense yeah makes sense yeah you know, and what I mean you... I, I wouldn't expect Moxley to come in because that's just not his thing yeah so I guess you know maybe the next one is <laughs> Cody but but the, you know the way you say it is it's kind of like everything he does is sort of presented as better than everybody else I yeah. you know I agree with that yeah and I'm starting to see it Tony brought that up and, and I see it you know, yeah. it's almost like, hey, I, I'm the boss here, so I'm going to spend the extra money on my stuff. And yeah. my, especially like you see the ring entrances. His is like the most elaborate ring entrance, even when he's not the champion. Yeah. He's got full pyro and we know how expensive that stuff is like. Yeah. Uh, and, and what do you think poor Tony Diaz would have thought when he saw uh, Aaron Anderson get out in his rolling khaki out. shorts, and rolling out his khaki shorts <laughs> and his, his coach? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You know, for someone that's been a part of the horseman and, 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 you know, and kind of in that elite and no pun intended kind of collective there, you would think that even as a coach, he would come out as a classier coach. Yeah. Like a better presentation. (laughs) Like to me, that's almost a look of like, Oh, Hey crap. Like we're doing this vignette. We're doing this promo here. Uh, uh, Aaron, come on. We got to get you in here guys. I'm in my, whatever. It's okay. Go ahead. We'll just film it anyways. And that's how it gets presented. But not for Cody. Make sure Cody's got the best suit on. Yeah, well, and the hair is the right tinge. And yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> next, next, I'm going to go to a promo that I really appreciated, which I think saved a lot of stuff here. Eddie Kingston's promo. Uh, I was worried that we were going to get they were going to make him the chicken shit bitch heel, but this brought it around. And because this is what I liked about it, the the build and the drama and the things he was talking about potentially puts him as a long-term villain in John Moxley's life. Yeah. Not a one-off guy who had a pass with him and John Moxley's just going to wipe the floor with him and let's move on to the next dude, a la Brian Cage, a la Archer and all these yeah. others. This is a, you get the feeling even if after watching this, I think even if he loses this I quit match, he's still going to continue to be a hateful thorn yeah. in Moxley's eyes. Maybe he'll never get another shot, but he'll be do everything to make life miserable when he can for him. And that's why I think saved it. What do you think, Andy? I agree, and I think that's one of the good things uh, that makes a good heel that was kind of, that's kind of lost nowadays is you can, as long as in your mind, in your head, you believe in what you're doing is right and you're justified in what you're doing, that 
can really make you a good heel. And, you know, they can, t- he can, he basically, he agreed with John and says, you know, like John was like, Oh yeah, well you're saying, you know, you're, you're complaining about this, you're complaining about this and you're the victim, you're the victim. And it's like, he's like, no, no, you're right. Like I did do that, but I did that because of this, because I had to do this, because I had to do this. And, and as long as he believes that, you know, that to me, like that, that's one of those driving things. Like that's, he's got a good base. It's, it's not, He's not being a whiny chicken shit. He's not, you know, complaining and stuff. It's for him, what all his actions are justified and legitimate. And he believes it. I believe he believes it. And to me, that makes him more credible. I mean, you know, in the fact of it's almost like, okay, well, is he, you know, is he a full fledged heel? Well, yes, because compared to what he's going up against. Mm hmm. But uh, no, I thought it was it was strong, and 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 I've I've been kind of lukewarm on Eddie Kingston because I'm mean, again like, he's not somebody I'm really familiar with outside of uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, so so sometimes for these guys to come in where they they're cold, yeah, it's kind of yeah they because I mean they carry themselves, which you know for maybe again the target demographic you know and you you guys know who he is. Okay, it's like okay. Well, I understand the way he's carrying himself. To yeah. me, I need I need that AEW build to understand why he's carrying himself that mm-hmm. way. And that promo there made me buy into Eddie Kingston more than anything else. Today's today's episode has made me buy into Eddie Kingston more than mm-hmm. I have up until this point. Okay, you know what, folks? You know when you look at uh, pop culture, Superman is supposed to be considered uh, the most strongest the most powerful being in the entire of everything, right? Uh, then you have Lex Luthor, right? He's the human being with no superpowers, who is a constant thorn, who does horrible things to, to get at Superman, but he does it because he 100% believes what he's doing. He 100% believes he's the good guy and Superman is the villain. And it's because of that burning hatred mixed with that passion of belief in himself which makes him the greatest supervillain who has absolutely no powers. And that's what Eddie Kingston proved today. He proved that he believes in what he's believed so much that he, he realizes he has to do the horrible things to Moxley because he believes hundred percent that he's the one in the right. And that Moxley is the one pushing him into doing these horrific things. Yeah. And he's accepted that the only way to get justice and the things done is he's going to have to go with his worst nature and do it. Yep. That's reality. That's what makes Eddie Kingston look like a credible danger. Still remains to be seen if he's going to be a credible wrestler, but he's definitely a credible, he's, he's a very real threat to John Moxley here in, in this world of wrestling. I find I, I've found more, I've bought into him more than mm-hmm. I bought into Lance Archer, than I've bought into Brian Cage, mm-hmm. than I think probably just what anybody else at Moxley's fought to this point. More than Marco Stunt? All right. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, next we go into, and I, I, you know what? You sent me a text, Andy, and you're like, I love this match. Uh, Penta. Penta. This is called Penta. Penta versus Phoenix. This um, was a great match. Yes. I will enjoy this one. I'm going to say one note I'm going to tell you guys. I said, or there's two notes here. One. 
my butthole fell out when Penta slapped Phoenix the first time. That sounded like it sounded so hard so and painful. Awesome. My butthole fell yes. out. It was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I'm gonna admit sometimes on we pick on Rick Serrano the third a lot. Uh, but we did last week Penta versus Phoenix in our thing. Every one of us but him picked uh Penta. Yep. Yet Phoenix won tonight. Yep. Maybe Rick oh. had the smarts up on, on this one. Well, I'm gonna give you this one, Rick, because uh, Phoenix did win. Uh, and this, you know what? People always say the Leecher brothers, there's no storytelling. It's moved from, there was a good story going on. There was a good there was story. A very good yes. brother story. And David, David Andy, brought it up. The little brother and the big brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, Andy, I know you said you love this one so much. You tell me what you, what you thought of this match. We'll All right. Well, uh, as far as watching matches full of joy, this is probably, I, I couldn't tell you like a lot of like favorite AEW matches that I've had over the, you know, the past year that I've watched. This is probably going to rank up there as one of my favorite matches. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, not knowing much about the Lucha Brothers outside of AEW. So to me, that's just more of, as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to have, but even, so even that, it's like, you know, we talk, we, here we'll take the shot at the, the rankings and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah. well, these guys are British a tag team. Why are they facing are they- each other? Is it? <laughs> I mean, well, hey, this will be interesting TV and it should be a good match. It was a mm-hmm. great match. Uh, I think I simply just wrote awesome. Um, it reminded me, you know, on the way they, I think Eddie Kingston pointed out too, that uh, that was kind of how part of their, how they kind of came up. Part of what uh, brought people's attention to them was their matches versus each other. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of kind of like the late nineties with like Rey Mysterio and Psychosis when they first got brought into uh, ECW you know, that was like one of the big things when we first kind of got like our big introduction to to Lucha in the, the late 90s, primarily through ECW. That was it. It's like you were seeing Psychosis and Rey Mysterio having all these matches, you know, and then after a while, you got some of the other guys in there, but then you got super crazy into Jiri and then they mm-hmm. had these matches and they just had amazing chemistry and work together. That's what this reminded me of. Uh, you know, Elio pointed out they had the story. It was uh, big brother versus little brother, you know, and they're they're both fighting for to stay in the tournament. Um, it was funny because you brought up about last week and and Rick and Penta versus Ray. It, it maybe this is the thing for you guys. I knew all along, and I like if I I would have been happy to have been proven wrong, but right from the get go, it's like I knew Ray Phoenix was going over. Okay, why? I just that it was, it was just my thing because. Uh, just being a little bit smaller and because he, you know, he was, he's definitely the more acrobatic high flyer of the two in my head already. I was kind of seeing the, okay, Kenny versus Ray Phoenix match. Okay. That that's where I was looking at. And I just, I think it needed that match where, um, and I don't know how to properly describe this, but you know, and if they're kind of teasing Kenny being more aggressive, they're kind of teasing Kenny being more of a heel, I think Phoenix is a bit a bit better of a baby face kind of look kind of role than Penta, yeah. than Penta would be. So I think that's where you know to me part of that match made sense. So it's like as much as I wanted it to you know to be a Penta win mm-hmm. because he's you know I prefer him over over yep. Phoenix. It's like I knew Ray was going to win, but uh, great match and and for everything we talked about about choreography and stuff and you know for other matches. Again, this is the Lucha Libre, the more the Mexican style, where they kind of have that kind of flow. Uh, and a lot of the moves where, you know, it's they're, they're not big, 
like hard, impactful, bruising things. So it's, you know, you can get up, you can recover, you can move a lot quicker. When they needed to sell, they sold more. You know, when there's the Penta's hitting his hand against the uh, the ring post, something like that it gets sold more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if someone's going to come back to me and says, well, okay, well, you talked about big swollen choreography and this and that. The Lucha Libre is different, so you got to recognize and acknowledge that that style is different. But and for how that was, though, it was, it was it was just a great match. I think that was it was easily my favorite match of the show. Did you notice something uh, awesome to you guys? Uh, the winning move, finally, a Canadian destroyer pins somebody these days. When it's been a, like it's been a transition move for the last two years, yeah. finally, it was a winning move. That was a, that made me feel good. <laughs> um, yeah, there was there was another thing I've noticed too, and it occurred to me after the match, when uh, Phoenix had won. Uh, if we track over the last year of uh, matches with Phoenix and Penta, you find that Phoenix wrestles way more single matches than Penta does anymore in AEW. Penta, I don't think he's actually done maybe one in uh, the last year or so of a singles match with just him. It's either Phoenix or him and Phoenix. So. Um, I'm not sure if he's slowing down a little bit, if he's, if, cause Phoenix does a lot longer matches. He does all this high acrobatics. He does a lot more things going on. Uh, even in their tag team, it seems lately Penta's more of the setup man. He has a, his, you know, little gimmicky things, but he's the setup man to Phoenix's, you know, high flying finishers, you know? So at the end I thought, but you're right. I, in my mind, how do you take this? I mean, Omega versus Phoenix, that's a pretty high flying match. Uh, you've got uh, obviously Phoenix going to be the take the control there, but at the same time, had you had Penta versus uh, versus Kenny, Kenny himself can do an entire high flying match would have been a, a whole different thing itself. So now it makes it an intriguing matchup for me. Um, I, I I realize that as cool as it would have looked to see Penta win it, I think Phoenix is going to give a more interesting match. Yep. Unless they go to the road again and having Kenny just wipe him out. And uh, yeah, I don't think so. I I, I I think no, I think that was more, you know, you know what? Because he could have done the same thing with Joey Janela, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you're like, okay, well, maybe because of the substitute. Yeah, I, you know what? And if you're right, I'll I'll be the first one to say, Mm -hmm. hey, you called it. I just don't see it. Like, I see it being more of a competitive match, but I think Mm -hmm. if anything, because of that, you know, we're kind of wondering is that you know, aggressive heelish side, I think that that uh, Phoenix is going to be a good foil that maybe it's like Phoenix is kind of one upping him yeah. and he has to kind of like, Oh, okay. We have to turn up the extra, extra level, or we have to do something a little more sneaky and underhanded to kind of get the win. And, but there's also the flip side that if Phoenix even loses within, you know, like, like the, like Kiss did, look, at yeah. he's a tag team guy, <laughs> you know, he, he's not a singles guy who's got his career derailed. Now he's falls back into the tag team. And really, nobody really remembers, yeah. you know, so I, I really hope for our sake, for the watching great wrestling, that it's that match, but it's not going to surprise me if they squash him out really quick just to give Omega the continually superstar build to back yeah, to what yeah. it should have been. Um, yeah, g- really good match. Anything you want to throw in there, Elio? I know I pretty much uh, said everything uh, back there. Like, okay. It was a really great match. Um, I, I was just going to gloss over really quickly because I don't think we really need to talk too much about it. Uh, the package of Sammy Guevara and uh, the Matt Hardy thing was basically just a recap. Yeah. That we saw last week. So. And the audio was crap. And the, yeah, the audio was crap. <laughs> yeah. um, next, we came to Adam Page versus Colt Cabana. 
Uh, I will, of course, I think oh, I'm oh, skipping the on. interview, the Dark yeah, Order interview. Yeah, they, there was the Best Friends promo. Oh, wait, that, that yeah. That package. I wanted to skip that because, man, the audio in that was so freaking bad. That Thank was you. the worst of the entire yes. night. <laughs> yes. It was like I couldn't even understand half of what they were talking about. It, it was yes. just atrocious. And can we can we touch yeah. on the, the Dark Order cult thing just for a minute? And, and I meant to bring this up last week, and, it, and it's – and it was good. This was the first time I actually like took notes and wrote notes. Okay. Cause usually I, I have a couple of thoughts in my head. I'm like, okay, well usually, you know, one of you guys will say something and that'll kind yeah. of cue to me. So even from last week, I don't really get the dark order. Yeah. I don't you know, know what you say. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe cause I mean, you know, like Brody Lee for whatever he is. And then there's evil Uno there that, and honestly, I'd rather see evil Uno as the leader than mm-hmm. even Brody Lee. Um, so to me, if all these guys are just supposed to be these minions, mm-hmm. then they, in, to me, they, they, you know, if they're, they're all wear, pretty much supposed to be like wearing masks or they're like kind of like nondescript, then they shouldn't really have any personality. They should just kind of be interchangeable mm-hmm. in that right. respect. So I saw some of it last week and I wrote it down again. And it's and at the time because I missed his name. John so I'm Silver. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, it was like, and I said like WTF because I'm thinking like what the hell does Dark Order? I mean the way they were kind of like bantering back and forth yeah. with Colt and yeah. and I'm like okay, but the short guy has personality. <laughs> and then when we get to the tag when we get to the tag match, you know I can I can talk more. Yeah. It was just a thing to me. It was like I really don't understand what the Dark Order is. Like I just I don't. <laughs> do I? No, yeah. it's confusing. Are they there's are they dark? No, because they got these two goofs joking and goofing and carrying on i mean even the other guy who plays the straight man to the yeah to the, John Silver, even he yeah. has a little bit of a joke at the end where he's like oh i'll take care of this and yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's and, just yeah and then colt and how does colt cabana does not fit into this he never has there's never any you ever got the feeling he's ever going to be a part of this really to me he was the adam he was uh kind of who is the, the one girl in the adams family that didn't belong yeah one normal girl say, yeah yeah because no, Whatever. no, no, no. The, the no, blonde no, girl. The blonde girl. The blonde girl. Yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one kind of straight, you know. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. It, we got the reference wrong. It's not. It's in the Munsters. Oh, the Munsters. Oh, the sorry. Monsters. It's Monsters. the blonde girl in the Munsters. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, you knew who I was talking about. That, yeah. That's how I've seen kind of cults from day one. Kind of like the the bastard stepchild or something. I don't yeah. I don't know, but that's that's so yeah whatever. But not even so much of cult because like I kind of my own way I kind of rationalize that. I just didn't really get the dark order. Yeah. And 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 those. So that's all I want to say about that. So now we can move on to uh, <laughs> Hangman Page and Colt Cabana. Okay. Uh, it demonstrated a few things. It, it uh, reinforced that Adam Page is an extremely strong man. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a lot of strongman stuff in there. Uh, and agile stuff, you know, the kip up after being uh, down, uh, yeah. which is tough for a guy that big, you know. Um, Who did it earlier in the show? Oh, oh Wardlow did it too. Yeah, Wardlow. Yeah. That guy's starting yeah. to amaze me. I, I didn't want yeah. to. This could have been, easily became the uh, all Wardlow show. But <laughs> <laughs> he impressed me so much on that opening match. But yeah. um, you know what? You just never felt at all ever in this match that Cole Cabana really had the upper hand ever, ever. And uh it just seemed like this was a, a, an obvious setup match. You know, uh, you didn't guess who the, you, against the brothers who was going to win. Uh, well, we pretty you knew Omega was going to win and the squash yeah. proved it. Uh, but this, I think, was the weakest of all the four matches because it was like, you just knew that Cole Cabana is not going anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, 
I think it did good to show off uh, Adam Adam uh, Page, but I think they should have done a little more. I still think if you're going to shoot Kenny to the top, maybe you should be also shooting Adam to the top because they're obviously going to collide. And I still don't think it's going to be in the finals. Or if they do collide in the finals, it's going to be a schmooze ripoff and, and Adam Page is going to get screwed out of his shot somehow. But uh, I don't think it gave Adam Page as much as a, as a, as a shine as it should have going into this tournament. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, uh, for me, this would yeah, this uh, wasn't as great as the other matches in the tournaments that we've seen so far. I uh, I had to me it was a solid match. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I agree that they probably could have you know that they should have given Adam a little more uh, for the shine, mm-hmm. overall shine. But uh, I I didn't mind it. It was a solid match, but I had never in doubt. Like I said, yeah. You, we knew he was and, going over. And they didn't even have to give him more in the match. They should have done something even after the match. Just give us a memory of Adam Page as like a strong guy in this tournament. That That's yeah. what I think would have been a little better. Okay, my next note says this. Taz, terrible. Brian Cage, silly. Starks, okay. <laughs> we, we had... Uh, uh, the, did, this the is, do they have a name? Do they have a name, this group? Uh, Taz's... Oh, yeah, what oh, was it? Team Taz's? Taz. Team Taz, okay. Team Taz. That's why it's forgettable. Yeah, so Team Taz comes out. Uh, Okay, this is what we're illustrating, and this is what we agree with you, Rick. When he's not on commentary, when he's doing this stuff, it's crap. Taz was terrible tonight. Uh, Using cheap swears and things to try, and even Starks, they all, well, who knows what Brian Cage said. He said like six words. But, I mean, it seemed like it was a cheap, cheap heat gathering systems here. And, I, and, and that's all that Taz did. Threw out a bunch of ridiculous stuff. Uh, sounded like a bully who couldn't back up his words. Then cut to his real muscle, who's too dumb to actually say that much. And it seemed like he said something. And then Taz took the mic. And it seemed like he said something else. But who knows? The mic wasn't on him. It looked like he tried yeah. to say something. But who knows? Starks actually gave a pretty... I think that guy's pretty talented. But then at the end, he reverted to the cheap crap, too, to get the thing in. So yep. uh, did you guys get anything, any any disagreement there? I, I uh, think it's between what we talked about earlier in our show about uh, kind mm-hmm. of Brian Cage and, and this. And again, like, you know, everything from kind of what was said, how it was said, the presentation, Cage and the T-shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know either. To me, it's like... I would, I don't know, I'm trying to think, you know, like, to me, if I'm going to critique something, I'd like to be able to offer something, you know, to say, well, why doesn't he do this instead of try this? With Brian Cage, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it would be like. I, I still, you know, even if he was kind of wearing something similar to, like, what Ricky Starks was wearing, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like, you know, with a shirt like that, but because, because, I mean, on Brian Cage, like, that, that would look, to me, it'd look more professional Yeah. than t-shirt and jeans and I, and I get he's wearing the whatever it was like a brian cage t-shirt or something yeah. but no it just doesn't that just doesn't work for me i i, I want to try and find positives for brian cage yeah. but it's yeah. a very difficult thing to do well one thing is definite is he needs a mouthpiece yeah not taz yes yes you know definitely not taz and uh i don't care what anyone says the WTF belt is garbage. It's a useless belt. You mean the FTW? Or FTW. Yeah, I call it WTF. Yeah, what the fuck? Funny. That's what they that's should have called it. It should be the what the fuck belt because it's worth nothing. And if anything, it's almost embarrassing now for him to be holding that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, guys, I want both of you to stop for a second. 
take a deep breath because now we're going to enter some fucking twilight zone where I don't know what the hell happened here. Oh, no. but we went from wrestling show to, I think it was a, a live action version of the family guy. Cause uh, you know, involving a, a dance routine and a song. And I'm like, this is the stuff I'm embarrassed to show my wrestling yes. fans, like friends who aren't wrestling fans. I'm like, Hey, yes. why do you watch wrestling? And then if this came on, I would say, you know what? I guess I don't think I'm going to watch wrestling anymore, guys. Let's go play soccer or something, you know, but, uh, Okay, so it starts off with uh, the, 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 the very anticipated Jericho and MJF going to have their steak battle. And I'm not sure how it's a battle when you order it rarer and rarer. Like, um, it's really- I'm sorry, I, I'm a chef. And if you order it under medium rare or <laughs> rare, sometimes you can get away with. Yeah. But if you order blue rare, you're, you've got some stomach issues, dude, because that's... <laughs> That's some bad <laughs> shit, right? And uh, so they do this. Uh, so Jericho's playing the good guy. MJF yeah. is playing the surly jerk. Yeah. Uh, they start talking about, are we going to let you in? Blah, 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 blah. And they say this stuff. And then, and, and please, wrestling fans, if you if you just tuned into this to hear it's because you were too busy to watch and you just want to know what happened. I'm not kidding here. They broke into a fucking song and dance routine. Just like out of Family Guy, they sang a big band number where they both danced together, had girls come in. Uh, they even did an, a remix at the end where they finished the shot, brought in some new lines, and it was the most audacious thing I have seen in wrestling in a long time. Um, even the WWE doesn't deserve, resort to this le- level of what was this? Was this supposed to be parody that was so over the top we were supposed this to laugh? Was or... just, this was just bad. It was just weird. I, this, I tried to was find... Was this Chris Jericho? Yeah. Go ahead. I tried to, because uh, I like Chris Jericho. I, I'm always saying like mm-hmm. how he always uh, finds different ways to reinvent himself and stuff. Yeah. But I tried to find was something. Thing, yeah. I tried to find something good in this, anything, but I just couldn't. It was just bad. Yeah. Andy, this was like uh, Chris Jericho saying, hey, Andy, watch how far I can push the show, okay? We did a mimosa. That was pretty yeah. – I'm going to push it further and further till we're fucking doing the Olympic hurdles and yeah. tap dancing that, and teacups. It's, it's the equivalent of, oh, you thought the mimosa was something? Here, hold my little bit of the bubbly. And then, <laughs> i got to um, tell you. So when I saw this, I texted you right away and it was like, and you're like, ah, I haven't got there yet. I'm just like, okay, just, just text me when you get to there. You were just like, well, that was something. (laughs) Was it something good, something bad, something? That was just. That was something. (laughs) Um, Okay. Let's, I'm trying to, I've got my notes here. First of all, the audio was good. So. Shot somewhere else, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Jericho, to me, he looked like he was bloated or drunk. He did not look healthy. He hasn't. You go so back. And, no, I know, but really, like even yeah. here, like he just his eyes kind of he kind of like the puffy and then. Uh, um, I said I wrote down I laughed, but <laughs> I, said, I cried I inside. <laughs> it was I just I laughed, but I said that that was some good talent, but. Um, it's a variety then, show. And then I said, at least the audio was good. And then WTF. Um, you know, people are going to talk about entertainment and whatnot and what have you. I, you know what? I, it, it, hear me out when I say this. It was funny. 
it was i thought it was funny i i enjoy i enjoyed for for what it was yeah i thought it was funny i, mean, I did laugh at certain parts okay. yeah i thought it, it you know, was and, funny and, and and parts of the writing of the song and stuff yep. was, was was good, uh, you know. It, and it, again, we talk about inside jokes and stuff. So you talk yep. about if it was like Family Guy, Saturday Night Live, all you know, kind of sketch comedy stuff, kind of rolled into one, mm-hmm. which is why it's kind of like a Jericho thing. Having said that, what you said earlier is like if I was sitting there watching with friends that were casual wrestling fans or not really wrestling fans. And that came on. I I would. <laughs> you know, and it, it'd be interesting to be you know the internet because you're gonna have your your AEW diehards and your Jericho mm-hmm. diehards. They're gonna say it was great, and and again for what it was put together, mm-hmm. as far as those two doing it, production, choreography, mm-hmm. was real. I was really good for mm-hmm. like you know. But for its place in a wrestling show, a professional <laughs> wrestling show. Um, uh, okay, look at it this way, Andy. Do you remember Eddie Murphy's Raw when it came out? Not when remember it came out. I mean, I, 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 mean, I know I it. Raw. Okay, okay. Raw, what, what, okay. Yeah. All right, Andy, what is the funniest comedian you've ever seen? Like a guy who just made you laugh your ass off with what he said? It'd probably be Eddie Murphy. Okay, so now, so you you laugh. We'll hear Eddie Murphy. Fucking laugh. There's some brilliant stuff. Imagine he's doing that at your wife's funeral. Yeah. (laughs) That's how this came off. Like, yeah, that's some funny stuff, but this isn't the place for this sort of thing. You know, this is the shit maybe you do on dark. Maybe you do online for being the elite, but no. Or Jericho, or like for Jericho's podcast or Jericho's page or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was definitely not the place for it. And it came off as just, too bizarrely out there to fit into what, what they're doing and, and watch it be like the top ratings thing of the show and it just oh god oh god the ra- what is what is what is mjf the ratings oh what did he call himself the ratings uh, the ratings ruler ratings ratings ruler, ruler. that's terrible <laughs> yeah, <I> just... <laughs> all right, all right let, let's get something that, that cheered me up uh I go up and down with her, but I got to say, Britt Baker looked pretty good today. First of all, just coming in, she looked very good. This was a bad match. Uh, Kylan King, poor girl, doesn't even get a record. She doesn't even get an entrance. You know, that's never a good well, sign. Because she's 0 and 11. Did you see her? Uh... <laughs> and yet, she's 0 and 11. And yet, yeah, two, weeks, two weeks ago, when they had the big pull apart, she was the girl that Nyla Rose went after. So why is Nyla Rose going after a girl with zero and nine by then record? So yeah, confusing. Um, I thought she had an interesting look. I thought she had a potential in her. She had a bigger look. She had, but uh, this is where I think, okay, I'm going to say at the end of this match, a lot of the stuff Britt Baker started doing near the end looked good. There was some times, however, in this match that looked big, swole, horrible. Uh, She did a float over. Yeah, she landed on of, her back. And yeah, down. yeah. And I'm like, that is basic. That is yeah. basic. Uh, so there was a few things that happened in the beginning that was sloppy and bad. Um, I did think that the last probably two or three, probably the last three moves she pulled out were crisp and looked good, but they look like modified. And don't please give me flack here, people. What I mean sometimes by the modified woman look is when they do a DDT from your knees. Or, you know, like, as you see women wrestlers uh, go for that quicker 
not yeah, high yeah. impact as much. She did a couple moves that were standard moves, but broken down to that move where she did them from smaller things. And they look good. They obviously wouldn't be as devastating looking as going the full route with them. And then she pulls out her glove. And thank God we talked about this, me and Elio, like a zillion times. Thank you for wearing a glove because if you're going to stick your fingers in my mouth, I'm going <laughs> to bite them off if you're not wearing a glove because I don't want any of your COVID freaking germs on me. But she stuck her in her yeah. tribute to Mick Foley. I'm not sure what that is. This Oh, because she's a dentist. She knows yeah. how to really stick her yeah. fingers in yeah. her mouth. Yeah. And, sure. uh, <laughs> so but the good thing she, she good thing she's not a proctologist, eh? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, yo, I forgot to say, Andy. If you went back for a second to uh, the Jericho MJF thing, right? Yeah. Imagine if the audio had been like the best friends through that whole routine. Oh my god! <laughs> the biggest amount of people tuning out during a segment ever. Okay, sorry. Um, I thought, of, like I said, uh, Britt Baker looked vicious at the end. She looked pretty sloppy in the beginning. Maybe jitters. I'm not sure. She's just coming back. Uh, anything you guys want to throw in about this? I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah. Meh. Uh, I found a lot of it there. I thought they were moving too fast, too quick mm-hmm. through through moves and stuff. Uh, you know, like not taking the time to kind of register, sell a bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was kind of a yeah. – and I, and I like Britt Baker, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good and not bad. It was just – there yeah Britt baker is a way better heel when she's talking yeah i don't think she's quite there to back it up in her matches right now. no but that'll that'll come though i guess yeah, yeah. uh the next thing i want to say is darby allen is an idiot okay oh, that, that, okay that 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 i didn't really understand what was going on there I mean, you have him in some body bag, just like rolling down no, those skates. What he was showing is that he's willing to do stupid crazy yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> it was stupid. That's what I think. And it, it proves just... it proves he's an idiot. It was yeah. because stupid. this guy's career. He's we're not going to be seeing him in six years. At the rate of the stuff he's doing, the wear and tear on his body, there's no way this guy is going to be wrestling in any main events in six years from now. He might be in a wheelchair six years from now. That was but just... uh, this was, re- and it made no sense. Why on earth would you even do this? It proved you nothing with wrestling. You can fall out of a car. Like I, I I'm sorry. I don't uh, see the logic in any of this. Yeah, it, it was just flat out, and that's what I wrote. Flat out dumb. Yeah. Um, the other thing that bothers me with Darby Allen, and it's not him per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will put it more to Jim Ross because it seems like he's the one that says it every time Darby Allen shows up. Is is the enigma? The enigma. <laughs> <laughs> because for the longest time, I think he was the first one to do it. Like that's yeah. how they de- that's how they describe Jeff Hardy. Yeah, charismatic enigma. Yeah, the charismatic mm-hmm. enigma. And so it's like every time he says, "Oh, the enigma," that's the first thing I think of is Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so to me, like it drives me nuts. It's like, okay, you know, Jeff Hardy. You know, he's a high risk guy and mm-hmm. he's artistic with the paint and stuff. Well, I guess because Darby Allen's a skateboard guy and high risk, and he paints his face and stuff and. No, no. <laughs> he this, wears this goes, the shittiest clothes as Jeff. Yeah, Hardy. this goes this goes back to what I said earlier about you know like WCW and AEW like trying to like build an established yeah. characters. Like the, to me, this is. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a flat out Jeff Hardy ripoff, but it's but in they're that, presenting him as it, it's in that kind of mold. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? You just made me remember one note that I forgot to bring up. Wasn't it awesome, Eddie Kingston jumping on Jr. When JR asked him about how many I quit matches he did. And like it it sounded like for a second that JR shit his pants 
like that he really <laughs> thought Eddie Kingston was going to start slapping him out. It was great. Loved it. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be mean to JR, but just obviously I don't think he really thought that was going to happen when he asked him that. And Eddie played it perfectly. Yeah. Like you felt like Eddie was going to reach over and start beating the crap out of poor old JR. And that was great because JR sometimes says some stupid things and it's good for him to be on his toes every now and then. <laughs> now let's go to probably the most, uh, once again, underwhelming main events. Uh, this ridiculous, hey, there's four teams competing to be number one. Why don't we look at the records? Well, I don't know. Let's just put them in a tournament. Well, the, so, uh, the Young Bucks are the best tag team and this and that. But yeah. 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 Now, even with these four teams, did anyone think that it wasn't going to be the Young Bucks, honestly? Did you guys at all think that the Dark Order guys who – we haven't seen win a match ever. Have they ever won a match? I don't think they have on Dynamite. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade. Well, those those guys can't buy a win. Poor Butcher and Blade. We keep we've said talked talk about this so many times. Poor, those two guys, you can can't get a win. Yeah. I I laughed one of the FCR guys like, man, that Butcher's a good looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad though. I'm glad that they did explain uh, a really quick thing, which unfortunately this the. It started to explain how Bunny ended up back with Witcher and the Blade. Oh, and they went just to commercial and commercial. They went to commercial and commercials. At least they told us that, so that we got the idea because yeah. she hasn't been with them for like at least half a year now. Uh, they didn't explain anything about QT Marshall and all that junk. So who knows? That's just going to be one of those like the WWE does that a lot too, yeah. where if something happens, you just forget it. Drop it, you know? yeah. <laughs> drop her. Um, oh, and before we get to that main event. This was the first time that I tried to pay attention to the commercial and commercial stuff. I really hate it. It really throws me off. I don't yeah. care. I just, but this time I sat and watched them and too much shit happening in that when there's nothing happening when the camera's on. That annoyed me. There was at least three matches where something key happened that when the actual match was on, they could have went then. Yeah. So I'm not sure if these guys have no timing or producers to tell them when they're in these breaks, but you never see that in WWE. When they go for, to commercial and commercial, nothing spectacular happens. It's transitions, easy things that you can follow if you're not paying attention. Does WWE do commercial and commercial? Yeah, they do an NXT. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. on NXT. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm going and back they, to the bunny. Um, yeah. didn't, didn't they say that it was Eddie Kingston that like brought her back? Yeah. Well, that's all they said. And then they cut oh, to okay. showing it and it went into commercial. commercial. Oh, that's when like, it went. Okay. And I was just like, well, why did, what was that guys? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. In this match alone, uh, a key thing happened in commercial and commercial. If you weren't paying attention, it made absolutely no sense. They bother shooting this. And that was Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara went at each other in the crowd, flipped over into the ring, disrupted the match for a few seconds and fought off. Now, if you weren't watching the commercial commercial, you just wasted this whole setup. So I don't understand why that happened whatsoever. I um, I fast forward because I was trying to catch up towards the end and I mm -hmm. fast forwarded. So I hadn't. So no you didn't even know that happened. Yeah. So I'm sure there are so many people now who didn't get get the setup that they were trying to do about their upcoming feud. So it was just a throwaway. Um, this match itself. There was never a time that you didn't think that the Young Bucks were going to come out of it. Um, what the one thing that got me here, it said, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I was, two things that I found interesting uh, are, okay, three things. Okay. And one of them pisses me off. Okay. Uh, first of all, Bunny is now going to be, I guess, like a snake charmer. 
because she got on the thing, did her little blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, uh, what are those guys? Uh, the Dark Order lost their minds, got hypnotized, turned around. Then they got beat up and thrown out and distracted. So I guess she's like the new snake charm, you know. Um, John Silver all of a sudden goes ape, starts beating the crap out of everyone, out of nowhere. And that was awesome. <laughs> it was cool. I loved it. He's never done anything in any of his appearances like this. So you're like, what's going on? Then uh, when people do shit like the referee who, by the way, Elio, yes, get out the book right now. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to put in a late entry into our book. Okay. Referee Rick Knox from last week, that bullshit he pulled when he turtled up for no reason in the middle of his match last week, for that, for, for, for just blowing logic, and taking us out of the match, Rick's not, Rick Knox goes in the book, okay? Okay, so we're just going to call it Rick Knox. Yep, okay. Rick Knox, referee. All right, referee Rick Knox, you just made the book. All right, now I came very close to putting this next guy in because I get it. Sometimes people are off. But when you sell a move so badly, uh, an upcoming move, when and what I'm talking about was when Reynolds stuck his head into oh, the okay. thing and he waited two seconds before somebody jumped over him and took him out. That was the most ridiculous thing in the world. I know that's a move that can easily look a little bad, but that looked atrociously bad. Do you also recall the butcher waiting at the end when they were doing their, uh, the Young Bucks were doing their spiky one of their yeah. things there and he was laying there and he was like this like waiting to like kind of like brace yes but that's what i saw which really stood out to me i'm like oh dude like <laughs> yeah um i won't even get to when guys just like pile up in a thing and all like wait yeah. for somebody to jump yeah. over the thing but uh that was uh, you did catch the one where he stuck his head out and near the end of the match and i think it was uh, it was one of the Butcher and Blade guys, maybe? I can't remember which one, but uh, somebody... No, it was one of the Young Bucks. Uh, he stuck his... Tagged out, and he stuck his head in the rope, and instead of getting kicked, which might have looked better, they just sort of floated over him as he stood there for three seconds with his head there like an idiot. Why he even stuck his head there? Nobody was there to attack or hit. He just stuck his head there, and they rolled over him and went on. And, of course, stuff like that annoys me. I'm going to let it go this time. But the next time, I want I want uh, this guy. What's his name again? Not Silver, but it's uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. Alex Reynolds. I want you. We're going to keep our eyes, guys. We see Alex he's Reynolds. On probation. Pulling, he's on probation with us. We see that shit in the next match or two. He's going in the book. Okay. okay. Uh, this match, yeah. That was a good Reynolds. Go, uh, John, uh, John, John Silver. Silver going crazy. Best part of the match. Uh, Personality, the fire, enthusiasm, everything. Awesome. Now I'm saying, this, I, I've got a, a guy that I shouldn't like because he's part of the Dark Order, yet there's something yeah. about John Silver. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty funny. Now, here's the part that, that I hate now about this whole match. Uh, the Young Bucks get the win in a very sloppy look. They didn't even have the guy down for a three count. The referee, of course. Our good friend, Rick Knox, we put in there once again, giving shitty uh, refereeing. Uh, counts out a th uh, after he clearly was out at the second count. He still counts him out as a third. Okay, whatever. Um, then this is where the match 
the whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. Before you get to that, can I just go yeah. back to one thing? Just because yeah. for me, one one positive note that I had here was mm-hmm. right before the finish, I did like the idea and the logic how it was it was Cassidy that was the guy that yeah. was in the ring, how whatever young buck was in there, it's like how he went and pulled each guy from the corner. Yes, Cassidy went to the corner. You know, yeah. it's like Nick was that guy. Pulling, Nick yeah, was pulling, pulling the guy the down, pull that guy, and then even Jr. Is like, okay, like they did that, they isolated him. I thought that was very cool. I, you know, just, I mean, cause you know, we, we kind of mm-hmm. yay and nay, but just, I can appreciate the psychology and I can appreciate the, the logic in a, a illogical nonsensical business. So I just, <laughs> before you, before you go into the kind of the aftermath stuff, I just wanted to say, yeah. I thought that was, you know, give props here. Cause I thought that was very cool. Start, start it was. Down. And what I'm going to say here is ties into parts of that and stuff too, is, how confusing now is the ending of this match? They win. They're going to, and they were, we were told many times they were the number one contender. So why are they even in this stupid <laughs> tournament? But they've portrayed themselves in this entire match as bad guys. Meanwhile, FTR is on the outside portraying themselves as bad guys. And then they have a kind of schmoz in the middle where who's the fucking bad guy here. And then they have some mask guy jump out, attack. Which one was it? Nick who got? Was it Balding Buck or was it? Uh, uh, one of them. Oh, was oh, it Matt who they went okay. after? Like, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are a few funny things like uh, who was the guy in the mask? Why did he wear a mask? It was Tully, Bo- Tully Blanchard, but why didn't Tully just come out and jump? Like, why did he need a mask? I didn't understand that part. He's their manager. He could have been out there anyways, but... But he wasn't um, out there at ringside because they came out to do commentary and they were just kind of sitting there or sitting at ringside mm-hmm. or whatever. So Tully wasn't there, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at the end, though, it's so damn confusing. You've built the Young Bucks up to be these cheating, opportunistic dicks to win this thing. Then as they get their vaunted shot, FTR injures one of them. So now are they sympathetic? But they've been such dickheads... The, the move looks so reminiscent of Dusty Rhodes being jumped by the horseman. That's what came in my head. Yet, Dusty was clearly the good guy here. Uh, they just spent the entire match being assholes. So, are we supposed to care that they got hurt? Are we supposed to cheer FTR, hate FTR? So confusing. And this, this does not work because it's hard enough to do heel-on-heel uh, heel stuff. But when you're projecting them both so strongly as heels it becomes to the point where nobody really wants to see it. We want to see them hurt each other. Is that it? I, I, I don't know what to get out of that. And I don't know if you guys felt the same about that. How, how did you guys feel at the end of this? Uh, no, for me, I'm even more confused with the books now. I don't care. See, that's what the bottom line turns to be. If you can't give us somebody to care about, you run the risk of who the fuck cares. They're supposed to be a dream match, and it's coming to the point where they presented them where we're not really caring about. You know, the what, sorry. Let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase it. And to me, like I, I honestly, I, I'm, I don't really care about the dream match thing. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not a big Young Bucks guy, so when I say I don't care, it's more I don't care about the Young Bucks. So you know, it's like to me, like it happens. Like okay, well, I guess that's their way of trying to get you know some sympathy in. Say no, no, no! They're baby faces, guys. They're baby faces. After like, all they've done. Yeah, they're baby faces, and it's like so. To me, it's like you know, I'll just cheer for FTR. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, I just it, it it there's uh you know again out of the demographic that thinks this is a dream match wants to see this match, uh they haven't done anything that makes me want that makes me want to buy into oh I need to see this dream match. Okay, that's so, fair. That's yeah. fair. So um after all that's been said and done, that is this week's AEW Dynamite. Dipping into our record, our uh, our report card, our card, our card. Dipping into our report card marks, guys. How are we going to rate today's show? And I'll start with you, Elio. What are you grading this week's show? It was uh, it was much better than last week. Like we said, uh, this week I'm seeing they go with a B. Okay, Andy. Well, I think last week, I think I said I had that show as a B plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one an A minus. Uh, you know, I overall, I enjoyed the show, mm-hmm. but uh, that production thing for me is really sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and just, you know, there is some of the matches that weren't the best, too strong. Um, again, the whole steak thing. I laughed, funny, but just wrong time. I, I like your, I like your analogy. You know, like at, at your mom's funeral kind of thing. Like, yeah, that just no. This is not the place. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give it an A minus two. You know, it was clearly better than last week's. There were still some problems. Production's got to be worked on, guys. This is a national television show, for God's sakes. Yeah. So A minus. All right. Uh, next, we're going to move on to the book, and that's the last thing we're going to do. Let's do right. the book. So the book. All right, first entry is Brian Cage's botched Wolverine mutton chops. That they look pretty annoying. What do you think, Andy? I think they should stay in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, it, that, we're being nice. We could put other things about Brian Cage yeah. in there. All right, <laughs> next. Next we have Cody's ugly tattoo. Oh my uh, god, that atrocity! <laughs> that thing is horrible. Always yeah. stays for life. Okay, the Dark Order. They're so fucking confusing now that, yeah. They, they... <laughs> because we had them in here, but we wanted to take them out. But then uh, we just kept them in there because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. They... Honestly, if anything, I'd, my suggestion would be to make an amendment. It'd be yeah. like the Dark Order, except Evil Uno and John Silver. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I, can, I can, we can amend that. Actually, yeah. I have it. Mine is uh, Grayson and Uno, but yeah, we can amend that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. We took Grayson and Uno out there because at one time they were the only uh, cool thing. I don't know if you've seen Grayson, but that guy can really move when he gets going. He's the other little... Yeah, I recognize the name, but... He's the bald guy who teams with Uno all the time, but he's not miniature like Silver. So should it be the three of them or Yeah, let's take Silver out too. Okay, so... all the Uno, Grayson, yeah. Except Uno, Grayson, and John Silver. Okay, Alex so Reynolds, we got our eyes on you. Uno, Grayson, and Silver. All right, next. All right, next we have the FDW Championship. Oh, that piece of shit stays in forever. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, next up we have Jerry JR's angry hipster grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been doing it as much, but he's no. still pretty piss poor. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep him in one more week. All right. Okay, then we have Johnny Swinger. Oh, jeez. I don't know if you've seen this guy over on, on Impact Wrestling. Uh, he used that's to the be same Johnny ECW. Swinger. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now he's in Impact. He doesn't really wrestle much, but he's ridiculous. 
Okay. Well, he's buddies with Scott Demore and uh, yeah, and uh, Don Callis, so that would make sense that he's there. Yeah, he stays in. He's just ridiculous. Okay. All right. Then we have Kenny Omega's P shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, terrible short. You know what? No, I'm going to pull Kenny Omega out this week because if he, he he made a good step forward, you know, if he can by next week erase it, I think we're going to give him back onto the regular track. So oh, let's okay. pull him out. We'll, we'll take him out. All right. So Kenny Omega, you're out of the book. Somebody right. had to come out this week. Was it going to be you, Rick? All next, right, sorry. Yeah, next, oh. we have your fa- your favorites. Rick yeah. Serrano the third plus two. Plus two. Now that means he was in for three offenses. Right. Now I have talked to Raven Lake. Raven Lake is not relenting. She wants it to keep it. I talked to Chief. Chief thinks he's not relenting because the whole Barry Windham thing is embarrassment. Yeah. That leaves Andy if he wants to remove one of the check marks against Rick Serrano or keep him in the book for his his sins against you know, the, you know, the global boys. Up until ten seconds ago, uh-huh. I was I was gonna be like, you know what? I God bless Rick Serrano, I love him. He come out. And then I remember this whole thing about Braun Strowman and bodybuilding. <laughs> yes. Do you want to add him another check mark in over this? No, no, I will not add another check mark. But uh, because of that, yeah, everything stays as is. Yeah, Rick Serrano, Rick Serrano, plus two. You were still in the book, buddy. Yeah. All right. Uh, next is yeah, he. He is he is the natural disaster of our book. <laughs> would be so. All right. Next we have Richie two titles. Oh, anyone who calls themselves two titles deserves a kick right in the freaking taint. Yes, you stay in. Who was that? Who's the last person who said that? Who was Richie? I can't remember right now. Uh, Richard Holiday. Yes, Richard Holiday on MLW had the Caribbean oh, belt yeah. near the belt, so he decided to call himself Richie Two Belts. My oh, good friend the... Sheik Akbar Shabazz was almost going to be called that when he called himself Sheiky Two Belts. Anyone who puts two belts on their name, you deserve a slap. <laughs> okay, next we have. If they Michael. say dose straps, is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. But okay. calling yourself Andy Two Straps. Or yeah. two belts, or two whatever you're yeah, gonna get. Two it. belts. <laughs> Next we have Michael Bakasawa's debacle. Oh, the, no, he's all. This is that guy who comes out. Remember him? Would come out rubbing oil all over himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he stays in. That's just garbage. Then we have Nyla Rose's announcement. Yeah, she wasted all that time to tell her that Vicky Guerrero was going. Oh, that Vicky Guerrero was going to be her manager, and what has it done her? Yeah. She has no victory. She doesn't even show up on Dynamite. They're still right? in the bottom of dark, for God's sakes. Okay, then we have Russell House. Garbage. I was not a fan of the Russell House. Okay, and the newest entry is Rick Knox. Yes. Yeah. That, nice, when, a re- when a referee does that, I'm sorry. Yeah. I get wrestlers sometimes mistiming, but that was the most inexcusable takeout of reality ever. So, yes. Rick Knox, you motherfucker, you're still in the book. Wow. Yeah, I'm mad about that. I'm still hot about these kind of things. You tell. All right, ah. let's take a look at the chapter section. Now, the chapter section, Andy, is guys, we're just going to give you a glance of the people we hate on so much <laughs> that we don't even give them a chance to come out. There are uh, in they're two forever, they're forever there. They're forever, yeah, yeah. Okay, and they are. They are the number one fashionista. 
fucking hear that word again in your <laughs> okay. we we have heard we did we did hear well i heard it on the last nxc uk i just watched nigel mcginnis if i have to come to england and burn down that whole country because you said that i will do so <laughs> hey nigel mcginnis is second entry in this section excellent go on you're dead anyways to me nigel mcginnis <laughs> then we have Sammy callahan plus six that's right. Seven times we've put Sammy Callahan, mostly because you're a disgusting pig who spits on people and does gross ass crap and licking things and doing disgusting crap. You're Fair gross, enough. man. You're gross. COVID COVID's going to have a fun time with you, buddy. All right. <laughs> then we have Tommy Dreamer. Really? <laughs> Fucking hate Tommy Dreamer. Fuck you, Tommy Dreamer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's an Andy Anderson fan. So, I, I you know, that's... Well, at least somebody loves him. Somebody had to. His mother Fair would. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Then we have Jimmy Havoc. Oh, so glad they fired that freaking loser. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the garbage wrestler who just cut himself a lot. Yeah. Crap. Not good. And the next is a staple gun. Yeah, the staple gun in any kind of match is gross. Fair enough. That's for carpentry, guys. Come on. And the final entry is pitcher in pitcher. Yes, picture in picture. Never going to like it, never will. I think I'd rather miss those things than sit there and try and stare at it. Yeah. I'd rather they go to commercial during the match, come back, tell us what happened, or show us what happened during the commercial. Yeah, yeah. while yeah. we were gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is that what they used to do? Uh... A lot of places. Yeah. A lot of places. You know, what's funny is I, I, looking back, and I never realized this watching it as a kid, when you look back at old Stampede wrestling matches, they never started the beginning. You never no. saw entrances. Joint like in progress. Joint in progress. Every match. Even uh, the Vancouver All-Star Wrestling, they used to do that. Yeah. A lot of those Canadian yep. productions would do that sort of thing. That's why you never had to pay for music entrances and stuff like that, because there was yeah. none. So, well, you know what, folks? That's our, uh, our our look at what angers us in the wrestling world. <laughs> I'm sure the list will keep growing big. I'm sure Tommy Dreamer will still be a douchebag tomorrow. So, anyway, you look at Actually, it. Tommy Dreamer, I still love you. I wonder Thank if you I for believing add, in me. I wonder if I should add this entry in because oh. uh, we're not we're not we're not uh, doing any uh, new show for a while yet. Like the the, the one of the new shows, the global. Well, you know what? I seem to have noticed something here, Elio. What? You didn't include your own entry that oh, you proclaimed on, last week against on. Tony Diaz. Oh, we, oh yeah, yes. right. Okay, yeah. Uh, wait, wait is there something on the end the of your nose there? Is there something on the end of your nose? A Tony looking stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Elio? Yeah, Tony Diaz is, is the last entry in the book. And what was the entry over? Because <laughs> he always has to be invited to his own meeting. His own meeting. Are you, are you, uh, now, I didn't put this one in, so I'm deferring to you. Do you want to keep him in there? No, I know what, we're <laughs> going to leave him one more week, actually. Oh, all right, let's go. <laughs> and the guys at POV hate me. <laughs> it's okay. time to say goodnight yet. Yeah, okay. I think it's, yes. No, the way, I don't know if I should enter this now or if oh. I should, because NXT UK, did uh-huh. those that new tag team pretty deadly. Oh yeah, those idiots. They're annoying they, as hell. Put they them. were they were approached by uh, the backstage interviewer, like to get uh, this, uh, to get some answers. Yeah. And she asked them what Eddie Dennis was talking to them about last week, and their yeah. answer was not an answer, but it was a 
Nanya, as in Nanya business. Oh, yeah, they told so, that so lame ass joke. Yeah, pretty deadly grandpa joke goes in the book. Yep, that's annoying as hell. Andy, anything you ever see that annoys you in the poor Fair little that we watch? Uh, I can't explain to you my hatred for Tommy Dreamer. It's it's long and an extensive thing. Fair enough. Um, if we ever get him on the show somehow, I will not open the chapters part of the book and mention it. <laughs> I'm not that guy. So only because the WPOV guys don't want me to really to fight with the guys I don't like. And I have no, I have no qualms about telling him that I hate his guts. But whatever. So, uh, guys, it's been a fun, crazy, yeah. wild week. Uh, we're almost a little burnt out from some of the new Japan stuff finishing finally. Uh, but Andy, we finally got some support. He's in the back. He's raring and ready to take apart some AEW. Let's face it. There's yep. some good stuff. There's some bad stuff. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you on board, brother. Thank and, you. Uh, I'm very happy to be a part of the family. Excellent. So folks, uh, like I said, check out our other shows. Check out all the stuff we're doing. Uh, wash your hands. I always say that because I am so sick of this COVID crap. I want to go to a movie. I want to go and eat in a restaurant and not have to wear a freaking mask everywhere. I'll do it, right? but I don't want to do it. It sucks. So let's just keep clean, keep good. And most of all, not just because we're Canadians, we tell you this, just be good to each other. You know, yeah. that's all it's going to take. You know, I know we talk some mean shit sometimes on here, but let's face it, we don't really mean it. Uh, as far as we're concerned, we're all part of a wrestling family and uh, we're all here together, guys. So tune in next week, guys. You guys have yourselves a great night. And, you as well. Uh, we'll see right, you next fans, week. Fans, we'll talk to you all next week.